0: Mornum would like to thank Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Original Cinematic is a production company that has made it their mission to create, produce and promote films that are inclusive, honor women, promote the LGBTQIA+ community, and provide prominent positions and roles to POC actors and filmmakers and promote the films of marginalized and underrepresented populations. These are all things that are extremely important to our podcast as well.
1: Original Cinematic is proud to be a WGA signatory company and they fully stand by the WGA and its members in their fight for extremely reasonable standards. Accordingly, they're not accepting scripts or treatment submissions at this time, but both William and Zena Rush are available via email free of charge to discuss writing and provide input and resources to all aspiring writers. Their information will be made available in the show notes. Ahead of the strike, William Rush has individually produced numerous projects, including Coffee with Baba, Day by Day, They Slay, Before, Pack is Here, Abiquiu, The Winemaker, and Where Do You Draw the Line?
2: Two feature films, Group and Immersion, are slated for release this fall. Absolutely no picket lines will be crossed and no collective bargaining agreements will be violated in the making of either of these films. And very generously, Original Cinematic is providing all Podmortem patrons with a special link to view these films. If arrangements can be made, they will even schedule a virtual or in-person screening for our patrons. We cannot thank Original Cinematic enough for their contribution to our show and the horror community as a whole. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program.
1: salutations welcome to pod mortem i'm renee hunter vasquez joined as always by my co-host my husband and my brother
2: hi i'm john paul vasquez hi i'm travis hunter
1: this week we are recording live from bayou burlesque discussing the 2022 horror thriller x this film was written and directed by ty west filmed with the quarantined cast and crew during the COVID 19 pandemic x made its mark as the first installment of a trilogy West set out to take the cliche horror film elements of sex and violence and integrate nuance. With a brave and talented cast, respectful nods to classic horror, interesting kills, and an intriguing story, X offers its viewers an undeniably unique experience. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Brent Payne, Michelle Moore, and Jeff Roblevsky. We want to thank them all for their support as well as this suggestion. So, what did you guys think of X the first time you saw it?
0: So I remember the first time we watched this movie, it it uh, it stuck out something in the movie stuck out a lot to me. Is that right? Um, something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, the movie it, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. And it, it, for me, it it's not bad and it's not great it's it's kind of in the middle for me okay i did enjoy it the begin the first time I, we watched it um like i said the the uh the pornography element of it um you know you know i'm a, I'm, I'm kind of a pervert a little bit um not a bad one though you know not bad <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right <laughs> it's
2: like anybody getting that worried a, yeah, that was a distinction but, uh, yeah
0: but the movie, I think the movie does a really good job of kind of having it in the movie and uh, kind of telling the story, I guess, that's surrounding it. Um, I do feel like the first half of the movie was a little better for me than the second half, but I, I wouldn't say that this is a movie to shy away from. I think this is something to kind of watch and, and give your own opinion on it, but... Um, but yeah, I I I still feel like I think I feel a little bit the same way when I first watch it. I'm kind of in the middle with it. It's it's a decent movie. It's not bad. It's not. I uh, I know I don't want to be like it's not hereditary, but her because that's an entirely different kind of movie.
3: It is. It yeah. is horror,
0: but it's different. It's dealing with different subjects. Um. But yeah, that's not. I I did have a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, at least that. I had a lot of fun watching the movie and and for the show. You know what I mean? And and kind of
2: taking it apart. But uh, yeah, not too bad. I think for me, because I know that when this film came out, it had a moment. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot of, if not really every horror film now kind of has this little moment online. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, I get, I'm torn sometimes. Right. I think it's incredible and awesome because I love seeing horror given this chance okay. mm-hmm. to shine in a big way. Right. Yeah. Uh, But it's also a little detrimental because you you have a lot of ideas when all you hear is that this is the best horror film since blank. This is the best horror film of the year. This is the best one in 10 years, 15 years. And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And you're so excited. And then it's okay. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt with X. I was like, this is all right. I mean... Um, you build it up like the next Texas Chainsaw, you're going to give people some bad, yeah. you know. We talk about
1: that all the time. Expectations.
2: Mm -hmm. And maybe that's my fault. I'll cop to that.
1: No, but when everyone's telling you how great it is, it's hard not to get your hopes up.
2: And that's true. I guess maybe it's not all my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take half the blame. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I don't know. I I think that it is, it's a decent film. It's very well made technically. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that where it falls for me is that it really wants to be more than it is. And I feel in a lot of places, I feel it's ambition and I feel it's commentary. (laughs) And then about halfway through, they're like, what if we didn't do that? Yeah. (laughs) What if we didn't want to talk about any of this anymore? And it it loses me. Uh, No, I agree. I agree. I felt like the front
0: half is better for me than the back half.
2: Yeah. And... I feel like part of that for me is the screenplay. Mm -hmm. Because in what they're trying to say with this, I get the points that they're making. But I also feel like they're relying on a lot of really tired tropes. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been talking with Jules a lot about Cronenberg. Right. And I'll kind of get into it more in the the conclusion portion of this (laughs) episode. (laughs) But I feel like when we have certain fears because I feel in some ways there are fears being worked out about aging in this film mm-hmm. and what it means to age mm-hmm. in different ways also a ton of other themes that we'll explore throughout but I feel like it's done in such a way that it's not as nuanced as it could be and it kind of especially towards the end it's kind of like Old people are gross, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and you're like too many movies are doing this. Yeah. To where it's like no, it's it's scary because they're old. Do you not yeah. understand? But right. it's, but <laughs> but that to me it kind of gets annoying and then it gets tropey and it's like oh so you went from this thing at the beginning where it was kind of a new thing talking about certain topics. Right, right. And then you're just doing what everybody else did. Okay.
0: I, I think for me a, a lot of it and and I know we will like you said we'll get more into it as we talk about it. For me the back half was just a little kind of more predictable for me and it hurt it for me cuz it did. I it was already things that and I wanted I want to give it to it being that I've already seen it the one time but I feel like there was so much time that's passed in between uh-huh. that there's no way I could remember this movie like that beat for beat. And <laughs> it's not like a very complicated movie and you're right it is well made. But it it did, even the back half was like, okay, I I, I know what's going to happen. It was like, yeah. I know this is coming next.
2: It becomes formulaic. Yeah. I will say that. I mean, the gore is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cast is good. The performances mm-hmm. are good. I just think that it's the messaging and the nuance of it that loses me. Because you can talk about aging and talk about these anxieties without uh, the way that it's done here. Okay. Okay.
1: I get that. I took it in a very different way. This is going to be a really interesting conversation because when we watched it the first time, we all watched it around the same time because I think that somebody had asked us about it for a talk mortem episode. Mm -hmm. And... Miguel Myers ATX and Anthony Jerome M had just put out a conversation about it on the My Horror Confessional Patreon. Yeah. And so we were like, well, we need to watch it so that we, we can listen to them talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, oh, that was fine. Like, it, it was good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of that was, I think, due to like you said to everybody being like, this is the next one. This is this is the best door film ever. You know, it's like <laughs> I to me, it, it's not the best thing that I've seen in the last 10 years, but I mean, it was fine. Mm Yeah. I didn't watch it since, um, we watched Pearl, which I did enjoy more than this. Me too. Yeah. But watching it again for the show, I enjoyed this so much more than I did the first time I watched it. And I really wasn't expecting that. It typically does not really happen that way. Um, but I think that I was able to pick up a lot more of that nuance and, the messaging and I hear you. What you're saying about it's scary because they're old. It's gross because they're old. Because that it's that's so tired. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting here, the oldest that any of us have ever been. So let's be very <laughs> yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be pointing and laughing, but you Whoa. know those the rest of those fingers are pointing back at you. Yeah. So the rest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully we'll all be there one day and maybe let's not create a society where old people are sexless and disgusting but
2: are are seen as see, you get, yeah. I, yeah. I'm saying creating a yeah. society
1: that's not the case yeah. but let's not do that Um, but I didn't take it that way I took it as a reaction to that
2: I, I get what you're saying I think my thing for it was these moments that are played in some parts as sympathetic towards the beginning, Mm -hmm. then suddenly the music sounds like The Shining. And you're like, oh, so you want me to be scared and you want me to be grossed out and you want me to be.
1: We talked off mic and I know exactly the moment (laughs) that you're talking about. We we can unpack that when we get there. I don't, I'm not gonna say that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the intention is. I just I think that I interpreted it in a more favorable way because I did get a lot more enjoyment of it this time. Character beats that the first time I watched it I was like no that makes no fucking sense. This time I'm like, "Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what that means." Or I think I do. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm just like, "Let's let's add a little <laughs> add a little <laughs> hot sauce to this and but and maybe that is me. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the discussion on this one because john paul was like yeah i felt about the same and you're like i don't think i liked it as much and i'm like i liked it way more so (laughs) there there is something interesting about a film that can do that
2: yeah you know you know we've done is uh, my porridge is too cold (laughs) no
1: exactly (laughs) you know it's uh it's that that's an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. and before
2: i get into the production i do see your point and your side of it i think it's a um very interesting take to see it as a response to certain ideas Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i probably just don't give enough credit to that
1: i mean who who the hell knows i don't know maybe it's supposed (laughs) to be we're supposed to be like oh nasty (laughs) like maybe that was what what the film wanted (laughs) us to do i just didn't take it that way if it is
2: that's fucked (laughs) up it is yeah
1: no absolutely that's why when you said that i was like oh because i didn't you know, change the music is. It's all about interpretation. Yeah. Change
2: the music and the way that the shots are, the composition of the shots. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the music. Well, you know, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to it when we get to that scene.
2: All right, because it's very sympathetic. It should be. Yeah.
1: yeah. I got. <laughs> I got no
2: the production. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned from Rue Morgue in an interview they did with Ty West. mm-hmm and before we get into this, I do want to say that me and Ty West have a love-hate relationship. It's very one-sided because yes, <laughs> yes, he, do. he doesn't know that I exist. But the thing is, I really love House of the Devil. And there are a few other films in his filmography that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I always go back to his entry in the ABCs of Death, and it always puts a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I will say that watching X and Pearl, Pearl, I think, is uh, some is, mouthwash for me. You mean like uh, you put it in your mouth and like swirl it around?
1: So the ABCs of death is like the yeah. cavities. I, I said it.
2: I said bad taste and <laughs> <the> fucking. <laughs> this dude is gross.
1: <laughs> I can't say shit here. This dude. We're gonna get another fucking email. I've yeah. Already, well,
2: I've already drafted yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Wait. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's been drafted.
2: <laughs> Management has come down. <laughs> um. So rumoring, right, guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> taste. I, No, (laughs) he had said that his point was to draw parallels between horror and pornography in the 1970s. Yeah. To kind of show how they intersect in forms of being low budget, being made out of the Hollywood system and being both seen in a lot of society as lowbrow and disgusting. For sure. Yet they find their audience anyway. That's Mm -hmm. right. And so... I think that that is an interesting concept that we see. I will say that the screenplay can get a little ham-fisted with that because they do often just say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, um, it's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's his message, Yeah. two <laughs> things we
2: like. You yeah. have to be clear. But it was interesting for me to read because this is Ty West's first film in six years. Okay. Is X. I think it was In the Valley of Violence that he made previously, which was a Western. Mm -hmm. Oh. Pretty good. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ethan Hawke and um, John Travolta? Really? What? Yeah. Okay. I know Ethan Hawke, but I'm pretty sure John Travolta was the big bad. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. It's pretty good. Again, he's winning me over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was in TV for like five years, kind of a hired gun working on different episodes of different TV shows. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of waiting on this idea to come back because it had been six years since he made that Western, but it had been even longer since he made a horror film. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to come up with this idea that can kind of not only give him something to sink his teeth into, but give him a reason to come back and make a good horror film. And he sent the script to A24, and he thought that it would be too out there for them, but they, of course, loved it, because they're A24. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's kind of how this got started. But his whole thing was that And I do agree with him in a lot of ways on this, is that in some ways, the idea of having a reverence for cinema is kind of getting lost. Right. And it's because all of these intellectual properties, it's way more profitable to make the next fucking Transformers or whatever, Mm -hmm. or it makes more sense to, from a business standpoint, than to take a risk on a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And this idea of cinema, your content just... A barrage of it at you at all times on all these different streaming platforms anybody can do anything and that's great but it's also oversaturating yeah Yeah. and so he wanted to take it back to a time when there was this entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and ingenuity and this independence and so he took it back to my favorite era
1: right the 70s yeah
2: (laughs) and you get all of that right right and so i mean i will say there are positives yeah Yeah. and that for them that for me that for me is one of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) now before we lust after this film we would like to issue a warning for spoilers podmortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two If you don't want to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then action. The film opens on a black screen with the sound of buzzing cicadas and flies. Finally, our view is through the open doors of a barn. We see a farmhouse across a small lawn and a cop car pulls up to it, lights blazing. We come out getting a wider view and we see that there's already a cop car there. Sheriff Dentler, played by James Galen, steps out of the car and walks up the drive, kneeling when he comes to a body covered in a bloody sheet. He lifts the dirty sheet to peek inside before standing back up and strolling up to the bloody walkway to an even bloodier porch. An axe is stuck in the wood next to his feet.
2: So I'm I'm getting immediate Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. Mm. Oh yeah! And I really appreciated in every interview Ty West spoke about the influence of that on this film.
1: So he has seen it.
2: He's seen it. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very apparent.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's so many. You've mentioned it in your intro. Really nice homages to a lot of great horror films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate every one of them.
1: But Dentler steps into the farmhouse and our angle is above him as he pauses next to two more bodies, one sitting up against the wall and the other slumped in the corner next to the first, both covered in sheets. On a TV in the next room, a televangelist played by Simon Prast stresses the importance of resisting the devil. Sheriff Dintler watches as the televangelist admits that he knows the power of Satan firsthand because his own daughter was taken by perverts and swindlers and fell into a world of sin. Officer Mitchell, played by Matthew J. Savile, interrupts, coming into the room and telling Sheriff Dintler that he needs to come and see this.
0: Do you know which way they went? I like. <laughs> that sounds like. Can, that- I, yeah, <laughs> can I go like uh, <laughs> that way? Swindlers no. stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <That's>
0: the- <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of those guys. <laughs> so you guys don't fit in with yeah, us. I, yeah, no, no.
2: um, I will say that I appreciate films that kind of begin. I like kind of the middle of things. Yeah. Or the end of things. Mm-hmm. And then we go back. Yeah.
0: I feel like it depends on how it's done.
2: This, I actually, I, I actually appreciated this way.
0: I will say that in this movie, yeah, I did enjoy it, doing it like that.
1: Using a flashlight, Mitchell leads the sheriff down into the dark basement. Once down the stairs, he raises his flashlight to reveal something, causing Sheriff Dentler to stop in his tracks and mutter, my God, eerie vocalizing begins as it fades to black.
2: I know that it was in the 80s mm-hmm. and this is the 70s, but didn't that make you think of The Cop in Friday the 13th, part two?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Like, I feel like that's a little homage as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Some of them are subtle. Some of them are pretty, like, oh, you're doing it. Yeah.
0: No,
1: that's that's <laughs> very, because I, I wouldn't have even gotten that reference up until like a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but what was in there? We'll find we'll out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I did want to talk about filming where they filmed this film okay (laughs) (laughs) that was an interesting way to say um in that interview in Rue Mm Morgue, they had talked about how they had wanted to originally shoot in texas but whenever it came time to shoot it was the beginning of COVID 19 pandemic Uh. so they were thinking well maybe we can wait a year and then we'll find a location in texas film it then when hopefully things are better Mm -hmm. and a24 did not want to wait and so they told them to pick another location and they ended up shooting the film in New Zealand. Okay. But one thing I will say is that for me and I'm sure for all of us as people who live in Texas, this looks good.
1: It really oh, does. Yeah.
2: It looks the same. Yeah.
1: It, it it it's very convincing. Yeah. And I got to say as some as someone who was in Texas during the COVID-19 pandemic, um if it's even over. Um they were smart. <laughs> they were smart yeah. to go to New Zealand. <laughs>
2: I think they quarantined for two weeks. Okay. Which is where another idea came to Ty West. All right. But um, doing that allowed them to work... Because this is a film, as we'll learn, you really need to be close with your cast. Yeah. Yeah. And so quarantining for those two weeks and then being able to work unfettered was... Beneficial, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were worried that they wouldn't be able to find a place that looked like Texas. And then they found this farmland on the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. Town. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, there's just one yeah. town. <laughs> they said the outskirts of the country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. It looks a lot like Texas that we drive through all it the time. It really, yeah. really, does.
1: When they're driving down the road later, too, I was like, oh, I, I've been through here. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very convincing.
2: Because I was thinking of the new Texas Chainsaw movie where it's clear the yeah. va- <laughs> You did. You did not film in Texas. Yeah, no. no. This is this is clearly Europe, and you put you put a cow skull somewhere or something. It's like you're you're fucked up. Yeah. I'm not convinced.
0: <laughs> that shit might fly. That's not what that's yeah, right? no, not at all. We know the heat. That's not what that looks like. Yeah, like it is.
1: <laughs> but the vocalizing continues as we get quick shots of cocaine being poured out onto a mirror. It is sorted into lines and then snorted through a rolled up twenty. Now the party's starting, (laughs) huh? (laughs) Finally, the vocalizing gives way to Love Will Find a Way by Pablo Cruz, and we see that the cocaine is being snorted by Maxine, played by Mia Goth. She sits in a tube top and bright blue eyeshadow in front of a mirror in a dressing room.
2: I will say I think that Mia Goth is really good in this film. Mm -hmm. There is something we can't quite get into yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting choice yeah yeah i think it's a bold decision and we were talking off mic that it's successful and unsuccessful in different ways i'd yeah. say
1: successful most of the time mia goth dude has anybody last year anthony jerome sent me uh, an interview with her and he was like this is what she really sounds like has anybody seen an interview with her because it was oh, yeah. like that's wild. <laughs> her voice, her real voice? Yeah. Wild.
2: She sounds like Kermit or what?
1: <laughs> she sounds like a like a little girl almost. Like Rally. she it's very light and childlike. Huh.
2: You ever hear uh, Gilbert Gottfried's voice when he wasn't doing the yeah, thing? That's yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah.
1: But <laughs> he wasn't doing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, played by Martin Henderson comes in telling her to go easy on that the cocaine. Um we haven't talked about Martin Henderson since the ring. Yes. Yeah. And I was very excited to see him here.
2: Yeah. I i think he does a really, really good job in his role. Yes. yes. I, I do wonder if um with the character Ty West was like, Now have you heard of Matthew McConaughey?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for something like that.
2: Because he's got the vibe, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But as Wayne crosses the room to stand behind her chair, we get text that reads 24 hours earlier. And that is not a lot of time between this and what we saw at that farmhouse. Yeah. But at his request, Maxine kisses Wayne and the kiss quickly turns passionate. When it breaks, Wayne tells her that she's special. She turns to look at her reflection in the mirror as he continues that there is nobody else like her. The mood is broken when he tells her to giddy up because time is money and everyone is waiting on her. He grabs his cowboy hat and quickly leaves. But Maxine stays behind, looking at her reflection in the mirror. After a moment of quiet contemplation, she tells herself that she's a fucking sex symbol. Only then does she stand to leave. In the summertime by Mungo Jerry begins to play and we get an exterior shot of the building revealing it to be Bayou Burlesque boasting cocktails and topless entertainment. The mural on the building is a blonde woman with shoulder length hair concealing her breasts with a look of shock on her face as a pelican holds her red bikini top and an alligator pulls at the back of her red bikini bottom.
2: One thing I do want to say about the script Mm -hmm. because I was saying some things in the intro. Yeah. (laughs) If we all remember, yeah,
1: we were we were there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I personally enjoy the small bits of foreshadowing. Yes, yeah, and there are quite a few peppered throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: cause uh, cause right now seeing that you just think it's like Jumanji or some <laughs> shit. The animals are attacking her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's happening? <laughs> the animals yeah, are attacking her.
1: <laughs> but a door that takes up the bottom half of the woman's body opens abruptly, and out struts Bobby Lynn, played by Brittany Snow probably my favorite character Mm -hmm. i don't know why i love britney snow so much but i do the first time i saw her she was playing a nazi in nip tuck i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why uh but i really enjoy her and i watched an interview with her and she was talking about this is the first horror film that she did in 10 years since would you rather oh wow which is another film that i really really loved that i feel like never gets its flowers ever it was
2: all right i really liked it a lot it was okay (laughs) i have i have written down about her being on nip tuck yeah Yeah. because that was a very formative yeah tv show for us
1: (laughs) (laughs) that we should not have been watching at all but
2: i will say that i do appreciate when an actor plays against type yes very much and this is something completely brand new and
1: she does a great job yeah Mm -hmm. But with her blonde hair and red romper, she looks very similar to the woman on the mural. She struts confidently past us as we get text that reads Houston, Texas. Behind her comes Maxine and behind Maxine comes Wayne. All of them hold suitcases as they climb into Wayne's van with the words plowing service painted on the side.
2: I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, like Homer, right? Yeah. Mr. Mr. Plow. <laughs> yeah,
2: Klondike 5. <laughs> three, two, two, <laughs> six. Except this is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, a
1: little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well <you're>, you know. <laughs> they weren't getting a little freaky with that jacket. Yeah, yeah that episode ended <laughs> the lot. <last. laughs> <laughs> I love how we both are like. <laughs> well, <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> but he drives them out of the parking lot, showing that the building is surrounded by loading docks and seagulls. In huge font, decorated in the American flag, the numbers nineteen seventy nine take up the entire screen. As the van travels down the road, the station is flipped and through the static for a moment, we hear the televangelist again telling us that we need Jesus before it finally settles on I Should Have Stayed Home by Jerry Reed. And now
2: 1979 is an obvious, you know, Smashing Pumpkins reference. <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> my question, I was
2: wondering, and we'll get into it later, how, how do you guys feel about the evangelist's inclusion in this plot? Um, I'm going
0: I'm to be honest. I understand why it's there, uh-huh. but i I mean I really don't I feel like we could have switched that out with anything with something different. I feel like there might be other ideas, you know what I mean, and still kind of keep it the same story okay.
1: I am reserving judgment until Maxine. I don't know how I feel about it yet okay okay I'm okay. gonna wait for a conclusion to the tale because <laughs> this is the middle, right narratively yeah. Because Pearl is a prequel, and then Maxine's Maxine. going to be a sequel to okay. this. Yeah. So I'll weigh nope. in on Maxine. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Because there gets to a point that I was like, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh,
3: I'm sick of yeah. this <laughs> thing. <laughs>
2: it's them pointing at the <laughs> from Sonny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've had enough of them. But in the van, Maxine sits in the passenger seat next to Wayne painting her nails. Bobby Lynn sits in the back with the rest of the group passing scripts out. She passes one up to Maxine before looking at her own copy labeled The Farmer's Daughter. She shows this to Jackson, played by Scott Mescady, a.k.a. Kid Cuddy, proudly pointing out her character in the script before marveling, Hollywood, here we come. Wayne corrects her, saying that they don't need Hollywood. What they have can turn regular people into stars, so they can do it all themselves. He calls out to the back for confirmation from RJ, played by Owen Campbell. With a smile, he calls back, yes, sir. And while he is all smiles, in the rearview mirror, his girlfriend Lorraine, played by Jenna Ortega, sits next to him with an expression of worry instead of excitement.
2: So I just have a couple points here. The first one is the tell don't show script going on right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He literally says this is a level playing field for people like us. Yeah, (laughs) Which is is wild. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They made me laugh. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to talk about Jenna Ortega's casting. Okay. Because... She actually auditioned for this role while they were filming Scream. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah and so Ty West he contacts Radio Silence because they made VHS together yeah Mm -hmm. and so he's like I think Jenna Ortega's on your set and I just had a meeting with her on Zoom to audition for my film yeah and they're like oh she's great and they're like you know talking her up and everything but she auditioned and he was already ready to give her the part before he talked to his friends and everything Mm -hmm. how cool but I thought it was interesting because a lot of people were asking because of the timeline of the films well did this uh did seeing her in scream or knowing she was going to be in scream influence you to cast her in this right but he's like no no
1: yeah that's really interesting i saw um an interview with kid cuddy where he was talking about this is his first horror film and then he was like because jenna is in like a bunch of them now and i was like she's cranking him out man yeah plus wednesday oh yeah yeah
2: (laughs) isn't she going to be in beetlejuice
1: yeah oh really Yeah. yeah okay She's everywhere. (laughs) But Bobby Lynn reminds Wayne that he said the first thing when they did that topless car wash. And Wayne admits that that's true. But that would have panned out beautifully if the IRS didn't have a personal vendetta against him. (laughs) So immediately you're like, this dude's a little slimy. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Lynn doesn't seem fully convinced, but she assures him that she is always game. Her American dream isn't unreasonable. She explains that all that she wants is a paid for house with a big pool so she can float around on her knees and tan her titties. RJ starts to laugh at this, but Bobby Lynn isn't kidding. She says that people pay good money to look at what she was born with, so it would be a sin not to take care of it
0: yeah i want to tan my titties too
1: (laughs) (laughs) lighting a cigarette jackson agrees
2: (laughs) (laughs) jp's like why do you think i'm here
1: (laughs) bobby lynn turns to maxine asking what her american dream is but instead of answering maxine just looks dreamily out the window the scene ends and we next see the van pulling up to a gas station wayne and maxine head inside Wayne scoops up a small basket, and as he shops around, he assures Maxine that if the kid he picked up from the college can put it together like he said he could, their days of struggle are over, and he's out of the red, even if they only do half of the numbers that Debbie Does Dallas did.
0: So Debbie Does Dallas came out in 78. So that's a year before before. this. um, Or for the movie set, it starred Bambi Woods. It sold over 50,000 copies on VHS. And at the time, it was the most successful pornographic film. In 2002, it got an off-Broadway play made about it. Holy wow. no shit! No sex, <laughs> but it was—it does have a play out Well, after What's it.
1: Debbie doing then? Well, I'm sure there's some
0: suggestions <laughs> of what's going on.
2: Well, it was one thing that Ty West was talking about in this era of uh, pornographic films having plots, right? And where you could take the plot, I suppose, and make mm-hmm. a play out of it
1: true yeah yeah that is wild those numbers in 78 yeah that is very interesting so i can see why he's like look we need to get in on this now hell yeah you know
2: well you think about like the burgeoning video market yeah and what that can mean to anybody that has an idea and a camera
1: yeah and more he says more later that like having the being able to watch this to have the privacy to watch it at home Uh i'm sure at this time was like invaluable no yeah and and the thing is is
0: that pornographic videos and images have been publicly accessible since the early 20s in the 60s its popularity skyrocketed due to vhs and dvds made it so much easier for these movies to be distributed and companies come up and hey you know we want to do this too uh and and right now it is one of the most fastest growing industries on the internet like and of, i mean of course you know yeah yeah well
1: i mean and now i feel like it is like now more than ever i think in during the pandemic and everything people really have the freedom to do it themselves yeah like i know i'm sure their platforms take a cut or whatever but to be able to monetize yourself and be like yeah. no i'm doing this in my home or wherever i feel comfortable or you know what i mean mm-hmm. like
2: you talk about an entrepreneurial spirit yeah yeah,
1: yeah you're right in the twenties, damn, they were showing ankles and shit. Uh, no. Yeah. no, they were they were showing everything. <laughs> 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 <I'm just kidding. laughs> <But> that was <laughs> yeah. okay. wait. Right wait, on. wait, wait, wait,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you took a time travel <laughs> 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 in, <laughs> in the middle of your sentence. <laughs> right, they <laughs> were like, showing ankles. Nope, those titties. Like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, I that's <laughs> guys, guys, <laughs> I, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> everything. <laughs>
1: But after he mentions Debbie does Dallas, Maxine proposes that they can make a film a week then, but Wayne advises her to be patient. Maxine counters that she's been patient her whole life, but Wayne says that that's just the thing about being patient. It's like, damn it, um, Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, you gotta bring logic into yeah, this? <laughs> <you motherfucker>. <laughs> <laughs> Maxine picks up a magazine and flips through it, insisting to Wayne that she needs to be famous. She's ready for the high life and sick and tired of not getting what she wants.
2: I just want to say again, the dialogue <laughs> to have a character who wants to be famous say, I'm ready to be famous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: is
2: is a lot. She, yeah. she is and we get it. Yeah, She is
1: clear about what she's got a vision board. Like she knows she's manifesting. She knows what she wants. Well,
2: it's, so she wrote the secret.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> she didn't even... Yeah.
0: But isn't this a fresh idea for them?
1: Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think. Well, no, it sounds like they've kind of been doing shit. She talked about the topless car wash. It seems like he owns that um no, but strip I, club. I
0: mean, like making the movies and stuff.
1: Making the movies. Yeah, but Wayne seems like the type of guy that they've probably tried a few things and now he's yeah. like home or movies, right. you know, VHS. This one more thing, you yeah. know, yeah. he seems like that dude. Wayne promises that if she can help him keep the rest of the crew in line, he'll provide everything her heart desires. She says that he better. She's got cosmopolitan taste and she deserves the finer things in life. Wayne half heartedly agrees, but Maxine says that she's serious. She wants the whole world to know her name, like Linda Carter. Wayne says that the entire world will be lusting after Maxine Minks once they see what she can do. He asks her if she knows why, and she coquettishly asks him. He says that it's because she's got that X factor. With the kiss, she agrees. Fucking A right.
2: So for me, I thought that X was just simply the title because of the X rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the title because of this thing that he keeps saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's very committed to this Did idea. could both. Uh, so, yeah, it's multifaceted. This thing that he keeps saying. Yeah, this
1: pick-up line he keeps using. Because <laughs> later on, he's like, because I told you.
2: Yeah. He's <laughs> like, we know. <laughs>
1: Calling her Wonder Woman, he tells her to grab them a loaf of Wonder Bread. But on her way, Maxine is peeking out the door at RJ, who is holding filming equipment and a boom mic. She snidely tells Wayne that she doesn't like RJ's girlfriend. But Wayne chalks it up to her not liking anyone's girlfriend. Maxine says it's because Lorraine doesn't say a word to anyone and she just stares at them. Wayne explains that she's probably just shy and she's never seen people like them before. But Maxine says that people that stare at her give her the creeps. Wayne reminds her that she better get used to it if she's going to be in movies. But outside, Nip's blasting. (laughs) Bobby Lynn strides up to Lorraine, who is now holding the mic and wearing headphones.
0: They just wanted to say hi. They they, they were saying that. Mips plastic? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest, I don't remember writing that. That's <laughs> what was in my heart. <laughs> but Bobby Lynn tells Lorraine that RJ is cute and asks if she helps with all his movies. Lorraine says, "Sometimes." Yeah. And indicating Jackson, dressed in a fresh ass powder blue suit, she asks if he's Bobby Lynn's boyfriend. Bobby Lynn looks at her up and down from behind her sunglasses and with a grin mirrors Lorraine's reply. Sometimes. Yeah. So d- do you know what's going on here with Bobby Lynn and Jackson?
2: Are you saying with what Lorraine thinks yeah, she's filming? Does,
1: yeah. Does Lorraine know what's going on? Uh, I don't I don't think so.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was super funny. Her I, yeah. answer,
1: but you know, it but was, again, yeah. do you understand what's <laughs> happening?
2: I, I don't know. I, but I wonder, RJ, he would have had to have told her, right? This I would is, hope. Is, he's making this film.
1: He is. I feel like he told her enough to get her to come along because she does not seem like she was fully prepared for what's happening.
2: I will say I have been critiquing the dialogue a lot, but (laughs) I do like the symmetrical dialogue of that moment. Yeah, that was great. That was very good.
1: Yeah. But Bobby Lynn heads over to RJ asking why he doesn't need to film everything in order. RJ explains that once he's got it all in the can, he can edit it together however he wants. He wants to experiment with the editing, giving it a sense of the avant garde like they do in France because it's classier and it's easy to disguise the low budget that way. He shoots up at Jackson, who claps together a movie slate, proclaiming this to be take one of scene four of The Farmer's Daughter. Under RJ's direction, he plugs the pump into the van, filling it with gas. From behind RJ, Bobby Lynn suggests that if he changed the angle, it'll look like he's using his own pump instead of the gas pump.
2: This, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> because for me, she's like, because he goes... He's, RJ's like you know editing and she's like slow down <laughs> <laughs> but she's like if we get a low angle shot of it a- <laughs> <laughs> it was just a lot for me she knows what she knows and she doesn't know what she doesn't
0: know so it's good shit
1: <laughs> RJ stands following instruction and we see through the lens as funky music plays and Jackson throws his head up to the sky mouth slightly open RJ captures this, and Lorraine stands behind him, holding the mic and looking uncomfortable. Finished, RJ looks back at Bobby Lynn, who brags that she has good sense, too. Back at the gas station, Wayne sets the full basket on the counter to be taken and rung up by the store clerk, played by Bryony Skillington. Maxine asks him why they aren't doing any of the filming in Houston, since there's plenty of farms there. Wayne explains that property taxes were raised, so a little bit of cash goes a long way here.
2: Wayne explains that (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. That's why we're in New Zealand.
1: (laughs) She's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. got it. Because it looks like Texas. (laughs) You did really good, Wayne. You're a great scout. (laughs) (laughs) Motioning over to the bulletin board, he tells her that they're not the only ones trying to make a buck. The bulletin board is filled with handwritten scraps of paper advertising land, storage, and garages for rent, and tractors, and even dirt for sale. On the TV behind the counter, the televangelist blames the increasingly secular society for kidnappers, murderers, and sex fiends. In Texas, we only have the one channel. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne confides that this isn't exactly something he wants to advertise around town because we all know how some people can be when it comes to sex. He tosses the cash on the counter and flashes a quick wink at the store clerk, but she does not return the gesture or the warmth. They head outside and Wayne asks if they got what they needed. RJ says that they did and Bobby Lynn can't stop herself from jumping in to share the credit. She goes over to Wayne asking if he has her cigarettes annoyed. He says that he does and as he fishes them out of the bag she fires back that if she's going to be having sex for him he can at least get her cigarettes dropping his voice lower. He asks Bobby Lynn how the script is. With the shrug, she tells him that she doesn't know before settling on, it's all right. She asks if it really matters, but Wayne is dead serious. He asserts that he doesn't want to wear a hard hat to make a living. And when he asks if Bobby Lynn does, she loses her smile and admits that she doesn't either. Jabbing his finger at her, he tells her not to bring down the vibe of his investments then. Negativity attracts negative results. Bobby Lynn's smile returns as Wayne walks off, tossing her the pack of cigarettes. But when she catches them, she's offended that they're Winston's when she only smokes old golds and he knows it.
0: I don't know what an old gold is, (laughs) but I don't want no Winston's either. (laughs) I don't. Don't throw me that shit.
2: (laughs) I just remember on the pilot of Mad Men, they talked about old golds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He tells her that that's all they had as everyone but her piles into the van. She dramatically proclaims that that's it. She's calling her agent. But Maxine just calls out to her to get in the van with full attitude. She struts over to the door and gets inside as they drive away. The clerk watches them then turns her attention back to the TV where the televangelist warns that everyone needs to repent before it's too late. God may be forgiving, but every man has got his limits. We get a toggle between the black and white screen and a field full of black and white cows. I think this happens once before where it kind of it's like three times.
2: And this isn't the last time. It's yeah. not the last
1: time either. It's a, a, a very um, interesting choice. I, I guess. I just didn't know if they were finished or
0: not because they kept going back. So it's like, oh, did you forget something from the scene? <laughs> it like, oh, no, no, no. No, we got- okay. or- no, no, keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Like, <laughs> we're good. We're fine. Right, we'll circle back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will say um, with some of these shots, we get very, very nice looks at the sky. Yeah. yeah. And the landscape. Um, the director of photography was Elliot Rocket, who shot House of the Devil and The Innkeepers with Ty West. Okay. And so they have a history of working together on very stylistic horror films very nice especially house of the devil i don't know if you guys have seen that Mm-mm, no yet. it really evokes a certain era of horror and it does it very well okay mm-hmm. and um i feel like they kind of and i think that's what kind of confuses me about the tonal shifts of this film from time to time mm-hmm. because i feel like they're trying to evoke that 70s yeah but then sometimes it's like what if we didn't <laughs> yeah but i do like these shots of the environment and the atmosphere
1: yeah but on the road traffic has slowed and cops are directing the vehicles wayne assumes that it must have been a bad wreck and when they pass they see that the front of the stopped semi truck is splattered with blood and chunks of gore on the road in front of it a poor cow lays its entrails spilled out onto the road Maxine was drinking from a glass coke bottle and is startled by the sight turning her head and gagging into her hand. Bobby Lynn asks what's wrong and Maxine tells her that she hates blood and guts.
2: What's wrong?
1: <laughs> <laughs> look out no no offense look at the look out the fucking window yeah.
2: <laughs> did you not see the cop directing traffic around the the splayed Dead out cowl. corpse yeah. she's
1: like oh you don't like yeah. you don't like that yeah that's weird
2: <laughs> right put down maxine for not liking yeah <laughs> but and i thought again the gag wasn't enough
1: no, yeah. we gotta know, for sure.
2: Oh, she hates that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't want to know what
0: that was. <laughs> but even this looks good. Yeah, like yeah it, it does. It looks like a real
2: accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and the makeup as it continues. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The wheel of the van squelches through a puddle of blood and guts. Wayne commenting, just when you thought you'd left the slaughterhouse. As they drive by, Sheriff Dentler gets out of his own car, pulling off his sunglasses and surveying the scene in front of him as the cow's intestines are scraped from the road and flung into the grass.
2: In less than a day. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to see some shit. You're
1: going to be saying, my God. <laughs> We star wipe to the van traveling (laughs) down the road. There's a lot. (laughs) As Too Sweet to Be Forgotten by Ronnie McFarlane plays, the van pulls through the archway of a property with keep out signs and Wayne announces that they've arrived. Bobby Lynn is grateful because she's horny and when Jackson says that she always is, she corrects him. Not always. Uh, Gang gang. (laughs) 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 We're getting an email. (laughs) R.J. leans up into the front seat, looking through the windshield and wonder. He says that it's perfect and it's really going to add to the production value of the film. We scan over the lake, silently following the van as it makes its way through the property. We pass a barn and eerie music begins to play as they pull up to the soon-to-be ill-fated farmhouse that we saw at the beginning. Wayne gets out, telling everyone to stay here while he goes inside and handles business. He closes the door and checks his reflection in the mirror before heading up to the house.
2: So I read an Entertainment Weekly and I was kind of surprised to learn this house and the bunkhouse that we see later Mm -hmm. were completely from the ground up built by the production oh wow <laughs> oh, really yeah all right <laughs> i thought that these that they found this farmland yeah, that's yeah. What it looks and like. just used it yeah that's
0: it is that is what it looks like yeah that's crazy man yeah that's impressive
2: uh the production designer was tom hammock who worked on basically almost all of adam wingard's films okay and so you have this again this group of people yeah like we talked about was it your next Yeah. Which Ty West was also in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Wayne's boots step onto the porch just as Sheriff's Dentler's will later, but the porch is still clean now. He knocks on the door playfully, peering through the screen. In the van, Maxine looks over her script as Bobby Lynn and Jackson make out in the back, getting into character. (laughs) Lorraine scooches over to RJ, quietly admitting to him that this isn't what she had in mind when she told him she'd help him with the film. See, I don't think he told her everything. Already annoyed, he tells her that they need to start somewhere. She tells him that it's smut, and he questions when she became such a prude. This seems to take her aback, and she protests that she isn't. She just doesn't understand why he's doing this. He explains because it's possible to make a good, dirty movie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's got ambition. Yeah. Back at the farmhouse, Wayne still waits on the porch until an elderly voice calls out to him. Wayne identifies himself and explains that they talked on the phone. The old man slowly approaches the door, sternly asking Wayne if he's from the county and informing him that this is private property. Howard, played by Stephen Yuri, finally arrives at the door. And through the mesh of the screen, we see him pick up a shotgun. Wayne raises his hands. Everyone in the van is clueless until Maxine looks up and sees Wayne backing away from the front door. The barrel of Howard's shotgun follows him out onto the porch. Maxine lets the rest of the group know that something is wrong and opens the glove box, revealing a handgun. I feel like something's wrong. is kind of an underreaction for seeing Wayne being fucking threatened with a shotgun.
0: Well, when she looks up, his hands are up and he's backing up. Yeah. And, and sh- after
2: a second, the barrel yeah. is in view. But she's like, keep kissing. But. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Just be kind of on alert. Yeah. Well, it's not immediately. <laughs> keep an ear up. <laughs> On the porch, Howard informs Wayne that he's within his rights to shoot, but Wayne tells him slowly and reassuringly that he is not from the county. He's from Houston, and they spoke on the phone on Tuesday. He asks if he remembers speaking to him about the boarding house. This jogs Howard's memory, and he pulls back the gun, allowing the screen to close between them again. He recalls that they were looking for a place to stay, and referring to the gun, he says that you just can't be too careful. Wayne admits that he had him scared, but Howard says that the gun isn't even loaded. Waving it around is really all it takes most of the time. There ain't no bullets in this thing. It's all fucking mind power. God damn
2: it. That was was also a sweaty ass movie.
1: (laughs) He steps out onto the porch with Wayne, the screen slapping shut behind him. And Wayne agrees, saying that he keeps the same thing in his glove box.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He puts his hat and sunglasses back on and waves at the van like nothing ever happened. Jackson peers at the old man through the windshield, remarking that he's an ugly son of a bitch. Bobby Lynn smacks him for being rude, but she does laugh.
2: I did want to talk about the makeup and the prosthetics because we can see. Okay. Yeah. That this uh, actor has been formatted with a certain... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes look. yes um the makeup artist who is responsible for this is sarah rubano she's worked with neil blomkamp and peter jackson and david slade so things like the hobbit things like 30 days of night mm-hmm. and oh shit. the lord of the rings trilogy
0: hey Stephen Yuri was in lord of the rings too he played a bunch
2: of different characters no shit oh yeah. cool that might be the connection here yeah, yeah. and new zealand
1: yeah, yeah that too all right But we watch as everyone unloads the van and closes it up. Maxine is the last to gather her things and the bag of groceries, but just as she's about to close the door, she freezes. She looks up at the farmhouse and sees someone standing in the window of an upstairs room, staring down at her. She looks up at them, but they don't make any move to stop. Finally, glancing over her shoulder back up at the window, she closes the van and follows the rest of the group.
2: I love that 70s Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh a... much appreciated yeah (laughs) and that's a ghost (laughs) (laughs) there's a moment later that i'm like well these woods are haunted
1: (laughs) we get a wide shot of them following howard through the grass up to the small boarding house wayne remarks that they've got quite a spread here and howard agrees saying that they like it but he has to stop when he is overtaken by coughing and wheezing Wayne tries to place a comforting hand on his back as he stays doubled over, but before he can, Howard shrugs him away, insisting that he's fine and continuing to the guest house.
2: In regards to Howard, Mm -hmm. I was intrigued by their choices of casting and makeup. Yeah. I thought, and this is why I'm Howard. Yeah. I thought that would become more important plot-wise later okay okay and it doesn't yeah so i was very intrigued by that choice maybe they just really wanted to work with Stephen Yuri. yeah yeah um but it's very interesting to yeah no yeah yeah <laughs> and i haven't gotten <laughs> to the bottom of it yet
1: <laughs> once inside the dark house howard tells them that she ain't much but rj disagrees he says that she is gorgeous the lights aren't on but rj is beaming as everyone makes themselves comfortable in the living room, Howard tells them that this was for soldiers during the Civil War, even though the soldiers here never saw any action. He asks Wayne if he served, and with a smile, Wayne tells him that he has flat feet. From his seat on the couch next to Bobby Lynn, Jackson says that he did serve. He did two tours in South Vietnam, so he's had enough farmers trying to shoot at him for one lifetime.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He side eyes Howard and asks him know what I mean pops Bobby Lynn giggles but Howard has moved on to other things he stares at Maxine so egregiously that Wayne puts his arm around her and jokingly warns Howard to be careful because she's his future fiance he asks him if it's been a while since he's seen something that nice Howard only says that he doesn't remember Wayne telling him he'd be bringing so many people wayne snaps into action saying that the ad said the rental was for thirty dollars but he threw in a little extra to sweeten the deal thirty dollars yeah yeah thirty dollars
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like i threw in a little extra to sweeten the deal there's some sugar cubes in yeah. <laughs> so why is this all sticky what the hell oh <laughs> the that's <syrup>. a- <laughs> yeah. that's honey yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's for you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> just money and honey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wayne pulls out cash and hands it just cash. <laughs> just cash. <laughs> and hands it over to Howard. He's just getting stung by bees. <laughs> 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 Telling him that he hopes that's okay. Howard takes the money, but remarks that he doesn't think he likes Wayne. In fact, he doesn't like the look of anyone here. He says that his wife is next door, so he would appreciate discretion. With that, he leaves the house. As Wayne closes the door behind him, he promises that Howard and his wife won't even know they're there.
2: I will say that question was very rude and did not get treated as rude as it actually was. When he was like, oh, I bet it's been a long time since you've seen.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a little weird. I was like, I don't know why you would need to say that.
1: I don't know if it was him like being like, hey, like that's my girlfriend or whatever. Or if it's him still like in salesman mode being like, well, wouldn't you like, you know, like because I feel <laughs> like he does that with Maxine a lot.
2: I I don't know, but I I well I can't tell if he's defensive or yeah if he's yeah I don't the I salesman th- you I... know what he sounds like he sounds like a guy that wants to sleep in his fucking van off,
1: <laughs> <laughs> off of my property I don't care i much on bro? <laughs>
2: yeah we got <laughs> enough honey <laughs> in the kitchen sir
0: I take your sticky money <laughs> get out of here this is useless to me but <laughs> it
1: feels like he sees people looking at Maxine and he gets dollar signs in his eyes because that's okay. what that's what we're doing here
2: right. Right. there were some shots of the bunkhouse that kind of for me evoked possibly a reference to the evil dead okay oh you know
0: what i did think that for a hot second okay. when i seen it and yeah. then i was like it changed and i was like maybe not i was like but it was there i know what you're talking about okay so maybe because we both noticed the same thing mm-hmm. and yeah. he's been
2: doing it the whole film
1: yeah with yeah it's random mm-hmm. who knows Once the door is closed, Bobby Lynn says that that was some stellar negotiating. She sarcastically compliments Wayne on his knack for business. Hey, but if that old man didn't want the honey money, then... You didn't have to be rude. Yeah. To do
0: about it? I don't like you. Give me my shit back. Give me my jar of honey money back.
2: We don't. I just, you know. i imagining him He has to fish out the $30 like, with that little stick yeah. or whatever. Stick. Yeah, that's always uh, on those honey things, but I've never yeah, seen yeah, one.
1: Yeah, no shit. I've never seen one in my whole life. Not in real life, no. no. <laughs> Only cartoons
2: and marketing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wayne is preoccupied though, staring out the window as Howard makes his way back to the farmhouse, but he's able to absently threaten Bobby Lynn that if she doesn't stop running her mouth, he's going to pull her off the main stage for a month. But Bobby Lynn reminds him that if he does that, he won't be making any money either. Maxine asks Wayne how he could just stand there and let Howard talk about them like that. Wayne tells everyone to just calm down. (laughs) He's the one that drops the ball. He's like, everybody relax. (laughs) But That sounds about right. Yeah, Let it go. (laughs) Doesn't matter who did what. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to talk about who didn't defend who. (laughs) It's not important. Move on. He says that Howard is just an old man and he probably hasn't even had a hard on since before Maxine was born. He says if he were in Howard's shoes, he'd hate them too. Lorraine puts two and two together and assumes that Howard doesn't know what they're doing here. She asks Wayne. Everyone turns to stare at Lorraine, including Wayne, who abandons his spot by the window and starts over to her, calling her a church mouse and marveling that she can speak. He tells her firmly, no, Howard doesn't know what they're doing here, and he intends to keep it that way. He doesn't want to give the old man a heart attack, does she?
2: Interesting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: He says that it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission.
2: I don't
0: think that's right. Uh,
1: No. (laughs) No, not not at all. (laughs) When he hears a vehicle start, Wayne goes back to the window and sees a black truck pulling away from the farmhouse. He switches on the excitement and tells the group that it's about time they cut to the chase and give the people what they want to see. Bobby Lynn hops up on the couch proclaiming, fucking finally. We immediately cut to them making the movie. It is an extended nah, uh, yeah. sequence. <laughs> sequence of Bobby Lynn and Jackson making it sweet. Wayne watches RJ. <laughs> he
2: nodded in. <laughs> I see you out of the corner of my eye nodding in approval. Well, I appreciate the, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. the, the, yes. the language you've used.
1: <laughs> I'm doing my best. Thank you. Wayne watches RJ holds the camera and directs and Lorraine holds the boom mic above them for someone who was hesitant about wanting to take part. She does seem pretty enthralled by what she's watching and that's something I didn't pick up the first time I watched this Mm -hmm. RJ gives instruction dictating positions and tempos until Jackson tells him to stay in his lane and let him do the screwing. He's got a vision, though, man. Yeah, I he's, mean, very, he's trying to break.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to Hitchcock. Yeah!
1: <laughs> See, you couldn't help it, I'm then. sorry. You're, add yourself to the fucking email. No, I, no
2: I'm CC'd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's trying
2: to screw break. Uh, <laughs> you had to go too <laughs> He just couldn't let me have it. <laughs> 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 Swear to God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: bobby lynn laughs at what jackson said but quickly falls back into character moaning loudly for the camera outside wearing overalls with nothing underneath maxine lights a cigarette and walks past the house where we can see through the window that they are still filming with bobby lynn and jackson Mm -hmm. she walks around the property until she comes to a lake She walks to the end of the dock and takes off her boots. And as she leans down to stick her toe in, testing the temperature of the water, we see someone moving in the trees behind her. Is this when you thought there was a (laughs) ghost? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the way way that
2: it's lit, you see white hair. Yeah. yeah. But it's lit in such a way that it's almost like ethereal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that... uh the Dr. and walk. Yeah. The yeah. What
2: the fuck's happening back there? It's also almost like, I bring you yeah. laugh.
1: So it's, it's, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot going on. <laughs> they finally step onto the path leading to the dock, someone with starkly white hair. After sticking her toe in, Maxine takes off her overalls and dives naked into the water with her cigarette. Back at the guest house, Wayne stands in the hallway with RJ. He excitedly admits that he doesn't know shit about filmmaking, but he knows for sure that people are going to want to see what he just saw in there. RJ agrees, crediting the fact that he's not treating it like he's making porn. He's treating it like it's cinema. He says that's what the other adult films are lacking. With a big smile, Wayne just tells him that whatever he's doing, he needs to keep doing it because people's eyes are going to pop out of their skulls when they see this. Interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. RJ is beaming and Wayne tells him that they're going to be rich. He then grabs RJ's hand and places it on himself, on his cock, on Jesus <laughs> Christ!
0: <laughs> that's a fucking rating system. You're getting too. No, that's a rating system. <laughs> hey, he tells me he says, "Feel how hard the cock is." <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> I don't I remember Wayne being British. <laughs> well, I was a little excited. I'm dizzy. You yeah, know the nipples are hard. Uh, the the cark. <laughs> His cock. His cock was hard, right? Oh my
2: God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Hey, RJ understood. it. was <laughs> like, yes, no, I get it. He did. Uh, <laughs> I had something I was going to say and I can't even no, remember. Like, there's,
1: <laughs> there's, nothing else, <laughs> there's nothing else to say after that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but in the bedroom, <laughs> Bobby Lee is using a towel to clean a mess off of her back. Mm-hmm. Is that an approved term? It's an
2: approved term, but that was excessive, wasn't it? What, the jizz? <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. No. You don't know what? don't no. call it a comeback. No. Oh. Hey. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> no, I was reading the email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just did, wasn't
3: that LL? Yeah. We just yeah.
2: did. <laughs> Deep Lucy. <sea>. Uh.
1: But. <laughs> She tosses the towel on the ground and it lands right next to Lorraine, who is putting her equipment away. When she notices this, Bobby Lynn apologizes to her. She lays in bed, smoking a cigarette, and Jackson stands in the window, both of them still ass naked. Bobby Lynn laughs, telling Jackson not to stand there like he's all proud of himself. But he is proud of himself. He flexes, saying that he was born for this kind of work. Bobby Lynn tells him that he didn't really do anything it's all acting he says that while she is good she's not that good to prove him wrong Bobby Lynn moans and writhes on the bed dirty talking and proving her point Jackson looks wounded but she tells him not to look so glum because he did fine Lorraine is watching the entire interaction.
2: It was funnier when Elaine did it on Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Her line reading was a little off. Was-
1: <laughs> she was on the spot. All right. Yeah. Bobby Lynn invites him to come sit on the bed next to her. And he does. Admitting to her that he thinks he loves her. She gives him a bless your heart before placing her cigarette between his lips. And as Texans, we all know what mm-hmm. bless your heart means. That's, a,
2: that's sad. <laughs> Poor <Yeah>. bastard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We get the toggling again as we transition back to Maxine floating in the middle of the lake. We scan over the calm water until we see an alligator watching her.
2: Was that a wooden alligator head?
1: It might have been. Uh, There's a good chance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He was like, what are you doing in my waters?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Old Craig.
3: Yes. (laughs) No, I got
1: it. Maxine opens her eyes and watches a bird flying across the bright blue sky. From an aerial view, we see her begin to swim back toward the dock, just as the alligator begins to glide toward her. I feel like this entire piece is gorgeous.
2: Yes, it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the overhead
0: yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of lake placid oh shit why'd you say that's well
1: he said it
2: (laughs) he said it aggressively because he's been pushing for us to cover it (laughs) since probably before the show (laughs) was created. okay fair point (laughs) it kind of also put me in the mind of frogger a little bit
1: (laughs) oh yeah you know just like we take our inspiration where we can get it Unbeknownst to the creature on her trail, Maxine leisurely pulls herself onto the dock and pauses. Just as the alligator is in striking distance, she pulls herself out of the water.
2: I do like this setting up something. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about it being Maxine's the one that's swimming.
1: I feel like it's a subversion.
2: Okay, I guess.
1: I I gotta be honest. I didn't expect to come to the table and defend as (laughs) hard (laughs) as I have. But as she pulls herself out of the water, we hear RJ say, "And action." We're back in the movie. Jackson stands on the porch with his back to us. He turns and takes off his sunglasses and apologizes for the intrusion. But he says that his van broke down on the highway and he was hoping to use their phone to call for help.
2: I just imagine Wayne off-screen mouthing all the lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is my masterpiece. Yeah.
1: Hard as a rock, huh? Uh, no?
2: Yeah. Hot? Yeah. It's very hot. Hard as, as a rock? A rock?
3: rock. <laughs> a rock.
0: <laughs> Here's
3: what I'm realizing
0: now. What's that? They did the sex scenes first. And then did the story out. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, it kind
1: of makes sense because if, if Howard's gone, it's like, let's do this now okay, while there's okay. nobody that can catch us because right. he said he can edit it however he wants.
0: Right. Well, I just kind of figured you want to build into the character, maybe get a fail first. Bobby Lynn then... was ready to go. No,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, they were making out of the van. Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah.
0: was the warm up. A little pregame. Yeah. So yeah.
2: But the thing that gets me is I feel like Howard would be, would be pissed at anything they're filming. That's true. Yeah. Like... I think that he would come over there just angry, just <laughs> <laughs> period, no matter Is what. That a camera?
1: <laughs> but Bobby Lynn sympathetically tells him that they don't have a phone. Jackson looks dismayed, but Bobby Lynn continues that her daddy will be back soon and he'll be happy to give him a ride into town. She suggestively asks if he would like to come inside. Hmm?
3: You
1: know? <laughs> 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 the sadness. <laughs> 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 he's shaking his head
2: i'm not mad i'm just (laughs) i'm just disappointed
1: (laughs) we zoom in on jackson's face as he tells her much obliged he steps inside and bobby lynn slowly closes the door in our face maxine makes her way back but pauses when she sees a woman standing on the porch of the farmhouse the old woman with her stark white hair is pearl played by mia goth
2: so this is a very interesting casting choice mm-hmm. yeah in a lot of interviews ty west said that no matter who was going to be playing maxine they were also going to be playing pearl that's interesting it so is. he had it intended from the beginning yeah
1: i will say too the first time i saw this it took me forever to realize that that was her it took
2: me forever to realize it was her it didn't take me forever to realize that someone was wearing makeup
1: that's fi- that's true yeah that's fair
2: and I will say that that casting kind of led me to believe that there would be something else going on later.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Not what goes on as far as a prequel film. Yeah. But something going on as far as maybe something supernatural. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like maybe this farmhouse is like that beach where everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't do it. Everybody gets old. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. <laughs> J.P. just looks disappointed. Yeah, that's, <laughs> where, I, that's where I'm disappointed. <laughs>
1: He's not mad. Yeah, <laughs> Just disappointed. But she waves at Maxine and beckons her over to the house. Maxine is visibly uncomfortable, but she does as she's asked as the old woman makes her way back to the front door. He told you not to
2: talk to his ghost wife. He <laughs> did. What are you doing? <laughs> he had one rule. Yeah. He that did. was it. He's was he like, had- in, don't shoot any pornographic <laughs> films. <laughs> <laughs> and don't talk to <laughs> me. <them.
3: laughs>
1: but he already said he didn't like us. He did. Yeah, he did. And you were there for that. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> trying to be polite, this old woman is asking you to come over. Do you really just turn around and walk away? Like, I'm not I don't allowed know. to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said I got to go back. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but we're not allowed. <laughs> when Maxine gets to the screen door, there is no one there. She calls out to the woman before carefully opening the screen and letting herself in. She walks quietly through the house, calling out to the woman still, but receiving no answer. When she goes into the kitchen, there is a loud buzzing of flies, and we quickly see why. The sink and counters are full of filthy dishes. An empty pan sits smoking on a hot burner.
2: I thought this was where he left his honey money.
1: <laughs> 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 where the bees coming yeah. to get it back? Yeah. Like, I'll be goddamn <laughs> yeah. making me wash his money. <laughs> Suddenly, Pearl is right behind Maxine. She offers her a lemonade, startling Maxine and making her take a step back.
2: Lemonade,
3: <laughs> please.
0: Was it just me, or did I think something was gonna be? Did y'all think something was
2: gonna be in the lemonade? Uh, yeah, yeah. And this this lends more to my supernatural thing. Okay, I mean, right. yeah, because the, the setting yeah. of
1: this house and the way that. Pearl's, like beckoning her like rick james and then she's just, like, <laughs> she's just gone it yeah. seems it's very unsettling yeah for
2: there to be none of that element at all yeah, yeah it's kind of surprising to me
1: back in the movie footage we see a glass of lemonade being filled in the center of a table bobby lynn remarks that it's awfully hot outside and he must be thirsty jackson agrees that he is and takes a drink of the lemonade he remarks that it's got a good taste <laughs> thank you
2: (laughs) wayne's like i'm gonna win an oscar (laughs) (laughs) best original screenplay
1: (laughs) (laughs) as bobby lynn stares at him from the other side of the table similarly maxine sits across from pearl at the farmhouse with glasses of lemonade between them they sit in silence and maxine awkwardly downs her entire glass
0: you shouldn't have went in
2: there. No.
0: Just give that thin lip smile and like kind of nod. <laughs> you know, like when you
1: just want somebody going, mm-hmm, I right? then yeah. leave.
2: Yeah. Be like lemonade was great. Your voice sounds very familiar. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I gotta
1: go. It's funny to me because she gulps down the entire glass and it's like, well, better. <laughs> I guess I should go now. <laughs> That's
2: why I, I think a lot of these moments in the beginning, we were talking off mic. Yeah. The JP's right. It is played for humor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's successful because it it's is. not over the top, you know? But uh, she does say that she should probably head back because her boyfriend gets fussy when he doesn't know where she is. In the movie, Bobby Lynn stands up from the table and walks over to Jackson. She whispers in his ear to come with her before daddy gets home. At the farmhouse, Maxine follows the old woman to the front door. She pauses at a dusty framed photo on the wall of herself and Howard, much younger Pearl wears a wedding dress, and she marvels at the photo, telling Maxine that she was young once, too. She says that this photo was taken right before the first war, and she tells Maxine that Howard served in both wars and survived. She muses that there wasn't anything that he wouldn't do for her back then. We watch her reflection against the photograph of her youth as she chalks it up to the power of beauty. Her attention shifts to a photograph of herself, young and dancing. She says that she was a dancer in the early years, but then the war came and she learned that not everything in life turns out how you'd expect.
2: So this to me is where the themes are successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what we're talking about, we're talking about aging, we're talking about the life not lived, yeah. Right. Uh, regrets and youth spent, you know, mm-hmm. these things are universal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I have no issue with anything yet. Yeah. Yet.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm being honest.
1: No, yeah. She turns to Maxine, telling her she's got such a special face She tells her that she's beautiful as she advances toward her and Maxine backs up, uncomfortable. Pearl invites her to look at her reflection in the mirror hung on the wall and Maxine turns toward it. In the movie, Bobby Lynn and Jackson make out in front of the window in the bedroom. Bobby Lynn admits that she doesn't know what's come over her because she's never felt like this before. She warns him that if her daddy catches them, there's no telling what he'll do. As she speaks, Pearl is reaching out toward Maxine's side, exposed by the overalls. Just as she runs her finger down the side of her stomach, Maxine jumps back, startled. She asks what she's doing, and Pearl doesn't answer her. Howard's truck pulls up noisily outside, and Pearl tells her that she should go, and this will just be their little secret. Maxine asks for clarification. What will be our secret? But Pearl brings a finger to her own lips and motions for Maxine to leave. She does sneaking out the side door as Howard makes his way to the front of the house with the groceries.
2: But seriously, what will be our secret? Literally, yeah. what do
1: you think just happened here?
2: You told me about the war.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Howard survived. Yeah. Down some lemonade. Mm, yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> the score pulses as Maxine peeks around the house. She waits until Howard lets himself in and runs across the field to the guest house, glancing behind her as she does. As she's looking back at the farmhouse, but still running, Wayne comes out of nowhere, cautioning her to watch out. He holds her by the shoulders and scolds that he's been looking everywhere for her. He says that RJ told him they're going to lose the light. She apologizes, but Wayne just tells her to hurry up. She runs into a room in the guest house and closes the door behind her. She takes a bump of Coke off the back of her hand and inspects herself in the mirror. Her voice reminds her to just bluff it, telling herself again, you're a fucking sex symbol. She tells herself in the mirror, I will not accept a life I do not deserve. Back at the farmhouse, Howard sets his bags down in the kitchen. He walks into the dining area where he sees two empty glasses of lemonade on the table, the score mounts as he picks one of them up.
2: This l- leads to a certain suspicion later. Yes. Which is interesting. And although it leads to like the least interesting kill in the whole film. Yeah. yeah. It It is plant. The seeds are planted here. Mm-hmm. But I, d- I really did think he was just like my lemonade. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm like, she's like, this will be our little secret. And then just leaves the yeah. evidence. like, like well, I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. No, <shit. laughs> at the guest house Maxine opens the door to her room her makeup refreshed and in costume Wayne asks her if she's ready and in response she kisses him passionately she tells him let's go and he follows her the devil made me do it by Rasputin stash begins to play as they set up the scene in the barn Maxine sits on a stool in front of a cow and Bobby Lynn pours milk from a carton into the bucket in front of her she closes the clapboard in front of the camera, marking farmer's daughter, take one.
2: That milk looked fucking gross, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell was that? It a was little, chunky. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
1: It's, it's pl- chunky, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've been waiting on Maxine. It's been <laughs> fucking sitting out in the sun. He's
2: like, well, on screen, you gotta use yogurt. It's yeah. <laughs> like, what? Oh, okay. You gotta use mozzarella cheese or else it, was like, it won't look like milk. Not <laughs> mozzarella cheese. You get a good burrata. <laughs> Yeah, that'll read his milk. (laughs)
1: That's RJ. RJ calls action as Maxine gets into character. Jackson approaches, saying that he's looking for the owner of the farm, and he was told by his daughter that he'd find him in here. Maxine seductively tells him that he must have been talking to her sister. Jackson admits that her sister didn't mention her, but Maxine picks up the bucket and walks out of the stall, remarking that she's not surprised because her sister has always been jealous because she's younger and gets all the attention. Jackson's like, is that fucking cheese in there? <laughs> <laughs> is
2: that cow made of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's in the bucket? Yeah. It- <laughs> and now it's a science fiction <laughs> film because <laughs> <laughs> this cow has been modified <laughs> to create <laughs> Cheese
1: are like yes yes cinema,
3: yes
1: (laughs) she says that daddy never even lets her leave the farm anymore because he's very protective jackson says that he was just hoping to get a ride back to town before it got dark maxine stands in the middle of the open barn doors she sets the bucket down and turns slightly to talk to jackson over her shoulder she says that they shouldn't disturb her father because it will only make him angry and he wouldn't like daddy when he's angry she turns toward him, bathed in the sunlight, and tells him that she can give him a ride. She gives
0: him a ride, all right. But I uh, <laughs> I hope his milk doesn't look like that cow. No. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> what has happened to this show?
1: <laughs> you knew goddamn well when X was on the docket that you were going to have to put up with a lot. I was unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> With a musical sting, we cut to dolls' faces, all made up with red lipstick and bright blue eyeshadow. We're in the farmhouse again, and we pan over to Pearl, brushing her wispy white hair in the mirror. She applies some bright blue eyeshadow.
2: So obviously inspired by Maxine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We cut back to the movie where Maxine is giving Jackson the ride that she promised him. Her moans echo, and she finally looks right into the camera.
0: Yeah, don't, don't break the fourth wall. We already know what you're doing and here. And she does. Yeah, I think she <laughs> like, winks and some <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> Egregiously. <Yeah. laughs> From outside the barn, loud moaning can be heard. We're in the POV of someone skulking outside the window. They can fully see what is being filmed and the fact that it's being filmed. Back inside, Wayne and Bobby Lynn stare at Maxine and Jackson in awe. Lorraine holds the mic above them and she too is entranced. Maxine's moaning echoes throughout and we finally see that the person that was staring through the window is Pearl In her mind Maxine looks back at her and she is swapped with Maxine. It's Pearl now. Oh, uh, you know, I was trying to use funny, colorful, euphemisms. <laughs> <just, laughs> <yeah. laughs> All right,
2: pogoing. Po- po-
1: yeah, po- sure. Pogoing. You're just yeah. going to hear
2: my headphones Regis- <laughs> hit the table.
1: <laughs> Let's have some He's fun. Let's be like, <laughs> 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 the Arthur fist. The Arthur
2: fist. I just... Uh, I wanted to talk about <laughs> the motion picture. The ex- angle? X. No. No. All right. Jesus <laughs> fucking <laughs> Christ. <laughs> all I was wanting to ask is you said it in your script that this is all happening in the imagination of Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Maxine does not see Pearl at all.
1: I don't think so. Okay. I don't think she would just keep going because she was already pretty creeped out by her in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if she's l- she was touching her and being weird and if she's watching yeah. her through the window, I don't think Maxine would be looking at her like, nah, you, you like what you see or whatever. <laughs> like that I lady don't. right there, <laughs> <laughs> she gave me what? lemonade. <laughs> I know it's her
0: property, so does this count as peeping or is she allowed to watch? It's still peeping. Still? If I
1: go to somebody's house to use the restroom <laughs> and they're looking at me it's like, through I the wall. <laughs> but they got the barn doors open. No. <laughs> it's still peeping. No, it's still... She's it's, like in full
2: view in the doorway. It's still against the law. <laughs> How
0: does
1: nobody see <laughs> Pearl standing there? She's looking through the window. She's not in okay, the doorway. Okay,
0: okay,
2: okay.
1: I mean, <laughs> still... It is, it's bad. (laughs) i was just asking because she was there it was a hypothetical
0: yeah because she's just there
1: (laughs) back at the house howard sits alone on a couch in a dark room pearl creeps in behind him and when he gets up to leave the room he stops and looks at her with his attention on her now she begins to move slowly and seductively howard's reaction is only anger reminding her that they talked about this she stops dancing and holds on to her husband, quietly pleading with him as she leans in for a kiss. He pushes her away, telling her that she knows he can't because of his heart. He leaves the room.
0: You know, like blow up or what?
1: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I I put my head down and
2: put my forehead <laughs> to my microphone. You know, like that uh,
0: Jason Statham movie is. where you right. gotta keep what, going crank? or crank? He... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it's the opposite. Howard. It's the
2: um, opposite of that. Maybe Howard is crank. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: he's like, You know I gotta go rescue these people, jump into a fucking lake, swim across, I, I gotta stay alive.
2: I gotta be honest, I don't know if the character's name was crank. <laughs> 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 like hi, I'm John Crank. <laughs> That's I have a <laughs> problem. My heart John Crank. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know anything about that film. Except for Jason Statham. That's it. Yeah. Um. What my thing for this, for me personally, yeah, is watching this scene, this interaction. You do feel sad and sympathy. Yeah. yeah. I want to continue living in that feeling. Yeah. With these characters, I have to be honest though, I'm pulled out of it by the fact that neither of these actors are actually elderly.
0: Yeah. And that I think that for me does kind of hurt because a little later it, it, when you, I, I think it's just kind of more and more we see or you like you said, you kind of notice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one actor is a little older than the other. And I do feel like sometimes it does show through and the makeup work is good. Yeah. But it is. You can tell sometimes.
1: I think the majority of the time they have Pearl kind of in shadow and that's yeah. when it works best. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like, why is their house so damn dark? Is this sinister? But <laughs> I, I, I mean, clearly that's why. Yeah. It's just like, This is sinister. <laughs> <laughs> that house was too fucking dark. It was, it was. It's just sad to me that Pearl wandered over to the bar and got all horned up and tried to take it home to her husband. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad, Scenario, but it's like Mm. Howard. There are other things that you can do. Like, yeah, it's it's just sad. I wish they could meet each other halfway. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of this film would be avoided (laughs) if there was a little. "Mm, I'll I'll just stop myself. Jesus, (laughs) dude. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: just you know I understand, and I think that's that's where for me I'm I'm okay with this as far as the themes, right? I think they lose me later when it becomes more about them trying to be like, them trying to make something horrific when it shouldn't be. Yeah. That's where you lose if, me.
1: If that is the intent, then I agree.
2: Okay. This for me, and again, it, it really just goes back to the fact that they, for what it's used for later, mm-hmm. why didn't you just have elderly actors in these roles? Because yeah. what does it matter how old Stephen Yuri is really? when I can yeah. tell that he's wearing makeup yeah, mm-hmm. and it's pulling me out of the scene.
1: That's fair. I will say, I don't want to disparage the makeup too much. No, because no, no, it no, is, no. It is. I, I think I saw an interview and they said that it was 10 hours. Yes. For, damn. Yeah, yeah, you, see them,
2: you see them putting everything on the layers and it's brilliant. Yeah. But I feel like we could have saved time.
0: hey i agree with you And
2: uh, again that's nothing against the makeup work because it's great yeah but But you can only do so much to somebody
1: in their 20s that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. but we get that toggle again between an alone and rejected pearl to a record spinning on a player in the guest house act naturally by loretta lynn plays as maxine makes her way to the living room where the rest of the group is she passes wayne in the kitchen slicing bologna for sandwiches to grab a drink from the fridge she sits on a couch across from Bobby Lynn and Jackson. Bobby Lynn compliments Maxine, telling her that she was amazing during her scene, and now she sees why Wayne left his wife for her. I was like, oh, God damn.
2: Getting a backstory. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God damn, <dude. laughs> Jackson chimes in that he does too, and Bobby Lynn cautions him to be careful. Wayne comes back with the sandwich for himself and one for Maxine, reminding the group that he told them she was something special. The two cuddle up, eating their sandwiches and sharing a kiss. But when Maxine realizes that Lorraine is staring at them from her chair across the room, she asks what she's looking at. Wayne tries to de-escalate the situation, but Maxine isn't trying to hear it. She asks Lorraine if anyone ever told her that it's rude to stare. Everyone looks at Lorraine, who is struck silent, and Maxine asks again loudly if she has something to say to her or what. Lorraine quietly says no, but then thinks better of it and admits that she does have a question. Wayne says that Lorraine is just interested and calling her church mouse again. He asks what's on her mind. Lorraine asks if it isn't strange for Wayne to watch Maxine have sex with Jackson. Wayne says that as long as the camera's running, it's just business. Lorraine asks if the camera changes things and Wayne agrees that it does. RJ does too, saying that it's not real life. It's just a movie. She tells her boyfriend that she knows that and then turns her attention back to Wayne and Maxine. She asks them, what about love? Don't they believe in it? Her mouth full of her sandwich, Maxine says that, of course, they believe in love. Lorraine asks how they can love someone and be with someone else. Maxine asks if she's implying that they have no morals, but that's not what Lorraine means. Maxine tells her to take it from her. Letting outdated traditions dictate how you live your life will get you nowhere. She says that she doesn't know about Lorraine, but she's got better places to be than where she came from. Bobby Lynn amends this and Maxine continues, saying that really, it's just sex. You can choose who you love, but not who you want to screw because attraction is out of our control and it's not healthy to keep those feelings locked up. Bobby Lynn playfully tells Lorraine that she saw her sneaking looks at Jackson RJ eyes his girlfriend and Lorraine tries to deny this, but Bobby Lynn assures her that it's okay because Jackson doesn't mind. He agrees. He doesn't mind. He gives an obligatory no offense to RJ who smiles back at him. Bobby Lynn puts it simply, everyone likes sex. They're just not afraid to admit it queer straight black or white it's all disco she says that one day they'll be too old to do it and life is just too short she tells Lorraine that the fact of the matter is they turn people on and that scares them Maxine agrees saying that they're scared but they can't look away either Bobby Lynn says they're like a foxy car wreck Wayne sums it all up that that's how he knows this is going to be a success. People will be able to watch whatever they want in the privacy of their own home with home video, free from anyone's judgment. His goal is to give that to people before anyone else can. He says that porn won't just be for perverts anymore. And Bobby Lynn raises a toast to the perverts, the ones that have been paying their bills for years. They raise their beers, joining this toast to the perverts. Jackson adding in to living a life of excess and being young and having fun until the day they die.
2: Okay, so I just want to point out (laughs) how on the nose some of this is (laughs) (laughs) because that line right there, the being young thing, it's like we are young. Unlike the people who own this very far. <laughs> <park. laughs>
1: I took it as like a mentality. It's a
2: mentality. Yeah. But when that's your thesis, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd, I agree with everything except for the old stuff, because even when you get older doesn't mean you can't go do things. No. Yeah. And
2: it's a again. We talked earlier about that being the narrative. Yeah. yeah. That's a shitty narrative. Yeah. And it kind of makes me think that these people are kind of shitty i mean that's and they've been shitty to this couple this entire time yeah they, yeah. they drink <laughs> yeah. that lemonade didn't even <laughs> say thank <laughs> <laughs> you like well yeah.
3: <laughs> be hitting the old dusty trail
0: i still like these swindlers
1: that's our <laughs> swindlers. <laughs> rj adds to the power of independent cinema maxine says to living life on their own terms and never accepting what self-righteous naysayers have to say Lorraine says that she doesn't know if she agrees with everything they said, but she admits that she did like what she saw today.
2: <laughs> this made me laugh out loud because she sounds like a high school football coach. <laughs> <laughs> She's like that good hustle. I think <laughs> <laughs> Right, you guys got <laughs> pounded hard out there. <laughs> I like what I saw today. And on Sunday <laughs> Oh, like a promo. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take the Wildcats to the, <laughs> to, the <laughs> to the limit. <laughs> They're across town <laughs> rivals. <laughs> It was just very funny.
1: (laughs) She says that she didn't think that she would, but she did. They all take a drink and Jackson takes out a guitar. They all watch as he begins to play Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Bobby Lynn supplies the vocals. As everyone soaks in these very abrupt vibes, (laughs) the screen splits and we see Pearl sitting in front of her vanity in a dark room.
2: I will say the song is obviously perfect right
1: absolutely perfect it's a perfect yeah.
2: song but i was like what in the life is strange
1: <laughs> it's just i don't know if it's the placement of it because they're like yeah to to, to you know live in life and fucking yeah well i yeah. afraid <laughs> so this
2: is very reflective yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just very abrupt to what we were just
2: talking and about the thing is is um that this seems this honestly seems more like Howard should be playing the guitar and Pearl should be singing it. Because <laughs> it's very reflective of time of the past. Right. Yeah. right. But they're like, live right now. And they're like, I'm Stevie Nicks.
1: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's what they know how to play. Splitwood <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Mac is very popular.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I I
0: didn't care for this. No. I know I understand the significance of it and what you're trying to say here. I don't feel like this belongs in this movie, and if you're gonna do it, do it a different way. Because to me, again, I'm enjoying all the, so far, the perverted jokes, the whatever, I'm I'm enjoying this. This halted the fuck out of what was going on. You
1: know what I think would've worked better? Because I do agree that it doesn't belong here, but I do think it belongs in the movie. If we had started the scene off with this, okay okay and then maybe lorraine is staring at maxine and she snaps at her when the song's over and then we get that conversation afterward because we have the conversation and lorraine's like i did like what i saw and then we take a musical break and then (laughs) lorraine's like you know what after yeah so like if we (laughs) had the musical break before and then lorraine could have finished her thought maybe it would have flowed a little bit better and it wouldn't seem so abrupt
0: maybe
2: yeah and it does and i mean i i'm very intrigued by the split screen editing and yes yeah all that stuff but i just feel like for me there's a lot of moments in this film that are cool but don't fit the film
0: yeah i mean i guess but the the gta 5 screen <laughs> splitting <laughs> of it i don't I, sure? uh, I like I don't it know.
1: but pearl buries her face in a towel removing her makeup she sits in front of the mirror quietly and we later see her lying on the bed alone the screen now fully belongs to the group in the guest house and Jackson finishes playing landslide. As soon as it's over in the new silence, Lorraine announces that she wants to do a scene in the movie. There you go. Put your good foot in. I mean, what? you know, he don't shake your head. That was very good. Well, I was afraid of what he was going okay. to say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was preemptively
1: yeah. <laughs> reacting. Yes. I do want to say before we unpack what Lorraine just said, I watched an interview with Brittany snow and she said out of, everything in this film that she did and she shows a lot and she is very brave in the things that she does. Singing landslide was the thing that she was afraid the most to do.
2: (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know,
1: but everyone is speechless. They all exchange looks until RJ finally asks what she reiterates that she wants to be in the movie and RJ swiftly tells her no. The rest of the group looks on in the anticipation of the inevitable fight. Lorraine asks what he means by no and he repeats it. No. He turns to the rest of the group asking if they put Lorraine up to this. Everyone is offended and the answer is a resounding no. They didn't put her up to anything.
0: But uh, but how? Y'all've been sitting in the room. Why while... we were just fighting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we were very hostile towards the <laughs> And RJ's been with everyone the entire yeah. time. Yeah, we <laughs> sung the song together, yeah. together. He didn't he didn't go drink the lemonade. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lorraine agrees that no one put her up to this. She's been thinking about it all day. On top of that, she's young, and if they're making a good, dirty movie, she doesn't just want to be holding the equipment. She wants to be holding the equipment. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> I know you're very proud of yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I put in my script, ha ha ha. No, but she wants to be in the film. RJ says that she can't, though, and Lorraine asks, says Who? rj reminds her that it's his film it wouldn't make any sense because they've already shot half of it and the story can't just change now after thinking it over for a moment lorraine asks why He tells her it just isn't done, but she reminds him about Psycho and how much he loves it. He says that Psycho is a horror film and that plot change was a MacGuffin to build suspense. And that's not the type of film he's making.
2: He is correct about that. (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine
1: gives it to him straight. No one is coming to see this film for its plot. They're coming to see tits and ass and a big dick rj is like lorraine yeah.
2: rj is like a little decor yeah.
1: <laughs> please i want to hear the story too like- <laughs> yeah i mean that is kind of mean that he's really proud of this film he's making and she's like nobody fucking cares about what you're doing wayne's like now wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> That is right. a solid <laughs> The rest of the group just laughs, but Lorraine tells him that it's true and they just need to give the people what they're paying for. But RJ insists that he's making something better than that. She asks him, when did you become such a prude? Now, th- mm. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do He too said to that do. to her in the van. That bitch filed that away and was like, I got you.
2: He's, like, he's like, God damn it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Wayne finally speaks up, saying that he gets a word because he's the executive producer. He asks RJ to take a step outside with him before things get said that they could regret.
2: I just want to point out one thing that did make me laugh. Um, In Lorraine's reasons for wanting to be in the film, Mm -hmm. one of them is simply, I'm young. (laughs) (laughs) Which again, this (laughs) screenplay, guys, I don't know what we're going to do with it. (laughs) <laughs> i didn't catch that
0: before yeah
2: but she's like not like the people yeah. <laughs> who Across own the art. Art. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the porch rj tells wayne that he needs to back him up in there because things are awfully close to getting out of control wayne tells him to relax and asks if the phrase is that life imitates art but rj tells him it's the other way around wayne says it doesn't matter RJ just needs to listen because he hasn't been 42 before but Wayne has been 23 before and he's got something to explain to him about young women he says that if Lorraine is serious about this and she does seem serious she's gonna do it whether RJ likes it or not he says that if RJ tries to stop her all she's gonna do is go do it with an unknown amount of other people and an unknown amount of other films and nobody wants that he's like we need her in my film (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty clear you know (laughs) He says that really, he only has one good option here. RJ is incensed, asking if his only option is really letting Lorraine have sex with some man whore. Wayne snaps at him that Jackson is a professional and he doesn't have any diseases. RJ accuses him of just wanting more sex in the movie, but Wayne reminds him that this was Lorraine that wanted this, not him. He says that if she does a great job and gets famous, maybe she'll take him with her.
2: I just want to very quickly his you know life imitates art, art imitates life. Yeah, it's
1: both. It is. It's yeah. both. Yeah.
2: Art informs culture more than people realize. But yeah, I understand they're in the middle of an argument.
1: <laughs> but now's not the time. Now's yeah. not the time.
2: Yeah. I wasn't here. I wasn't in the
1: scene. <laughs> I wasn't in the scene. You're peeking through the window. Oh, I'm actually, excuse me, uh, sir, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> you seem you seem very upset. But <laughs> you
2: shouldn't be beeping Give me just yeah. I don't own the place. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: But he's. But I mean, on the cool, Wayne's right. There, nobody here. Everybody's tested. Nobody here is just being careless. And like, we're all professionals trying to do something.
1: I get the jealousy. I know. I get it. And and I feel sympathetic for him until something he says in a minute, and then I'm like, oh, okay.
2: I don't know I don't know about completely professional because I don't know how many jobs let you do Coke in the <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just
3: Maxine. <my> okay.
1: <laughs> That's just
3: Maxine. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> do your bump and get back. Yeah. They don't let you do get that back as Right, the <laughs> <register. laughs> they give it to us when we get <laughs> to our-
1: <laughs> But RJ tells Wayne that he just doesn't get it. Lorraine isn't like the rest of them. She's a nice girl. Wayne steps up to him asking, I beg your pardon? realizing that he's just stuck his foot in his mouth rj says that he didn't mean it that way but it's too late wayne cradles his face and says that he hates to be the one to tell him this but ain't none of them nice girls he heads back inside so this is when i'm like okay so you're a hypocrite
3: Mm -hmm.
1: um when it was other people it's it's just sex it's all in good fun it's for the film but i don't want to be with a girl like that i mean it's just it's it's what we're doing is is important and it's fun and mm-hmm. it's positive, but that's you guys. That's not me and my girlfriend. She's yeah. a nice girl. Like it's just very gross. Yeah, <laughs> no, I yeah. can't think of another <laughs> word. It's it's extremely hypocritical, and so it gets to the point where it's like, did you know that you felt that way? And you're just using this as like a stepping stone in your filmmaking, okay? You okay. know, journey or did you believe what you were saying? And now when you're faced with like the cognitive dissonance of mm. it, you're like, Oh no, actually, no, I don't, I like, I don't like this. Yeah. See that for me, uh,
0: that's why I was like, Oh, fuck you, dude. Because yeah. if you spent any amount of time with this group, you can kind of already tell how they are. Yeah. Everybody's pretty much not carefree, but everybody's just like, you know, we're going to have a good time. We're having fun. We're doing us that's fine if you've been with them then you know what's going on
1: it's it's just the hypocrisy because i i feel like people have a right if they're not comfortable being in a relationship with somebody who does sex work yeah that's their right yeah but you don't get to look down on the you know what i mean you don't get to have your cake and eat it too mm-hmm. you don't get to oh it's it's film it's just sex it's not real because that's what he told her five minutes ago yeah because she was like, well, the camera makes it fine. It's not real. It's a movie. Okay, but now it's real?
2: I think he wanted to use what he could to defend his ability to make the movie. Yeah. Okay. Because he's planning to use this to catapult himself. So he, okay. so yeah. the first
1: option. He, right. he was just a hypocrite.
2: And then it got a little too real for him.
1: Yeah. Too spicy for the pepper. Too spicy yeah. for the pepper.
2: <laughs> too close to home. Right. Yeah, And this is where uh, we're at this scene now. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the film. I will say it's fine and honestly important to vocalize what you are comfortable with and not comfortable with in a relationship. Yes. But I do think that him just literally just saying that. Mm-hmm. That's
1: the thing is he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. Fair. He wanted to, you know, say that a, and and like you said, every couple defines their own boundaries and their own rules or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, it is fair somebody Even like, oh, I don't want to date somebody that's in the military. I don't want to travel. I don't. You know what I mean? You're allowed to do that, but you're not allowed to kind of cater to these people that you actually think are beneath you and kind of use them as a stepping stone to raise up yourself. That's disgusting. Yeah. And, you know to be like no it's cool it's all gravy it's it's film no you can't do that with your body like that's what like you just said yeah <laughs> it's
2: right. just that i it um that's where the hypocrite comes from. that's yes. where the hypocrite yes. comes
1: in and uh, it's not cute it's not a good look rj It's not cute. <laughs> but the rest of the group has clearly decided to make this happen for lorraine right now <laughs> In the bedroom, she sits in her bra and underwear on the bed with her back to the door as Maxine and Bobby Lynn fix up her hair and makeup. Jackson is on the floor doing push ups. Lorraine turns to look at RJ over her shoulder before taking off the gold cross around her neck. Just piling on to RJ's misery, Wayne comes in and hands him his camera. It's like Wayne, you couldn't shoot this one, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Come on, that's a lot. He's
2: like, Look, you understand composition. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you got an eye, yeah. RJ.
2: <laughs> it's it's a blessing and a curse." <laughs>
1: <laughs> as, as Lorraine positions herself on the bed, and Jackson makes his way over, RJ puts on his camera. His eyes welling with tears.
0: So I I'm I'm gonna be honest. I am a little curious because without a plot, where where'd you just fit her in the movie at? <laughs> yeah, like what like, happened? The-
1: figured out. Later. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do we just cut to a new scene of him walking in the it's room? Like oh,
1: we have a third sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We watch through the reflection of the camera lens as Lorraine crawls over to Jackson and starts to take off his towel. Music swells and immediately stops as in her bed in the farmhouse, Pearl opens her eyes. Later, after a nice shot of the moon, we see that it's bedtime for the film crew. Maxine and Wayne sleep in one bed. Bobby Lynn and Jackson sleep in another and Lorraine sleeps alone. RJ stands under the running water of the shower and sobs. He lowers himself into the tub, cradling his head in his hands and just lets it out. Once he composes himself, he turns off the water.
2: We love the shot of the moon. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, there was something, I don't know, there was something funny to me about Pearl waking up as this is going on. Because she can't hear any of this, but it's almost like she's like psychically connected to it. Yeah. That's why I was like, there's something supernatural going on in this house. Yeah. There is nothing supernatural going on no. in this house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's like, someone's getting it yeah. in somewhere. Yeah. Getting <laughs> it in. It's like an alarm clock.
2: Oh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, do it. Don't, don't, don't do
1: it. It's an alarm clock. Con- no. <laughs> it's
3: an
2: alarm clock. Con- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>
1: That I'm allowed to laugh (laughs) at. But RJ immediately heads to the kitchen and snatches the keys to the van off of the counter. He goes to the van and starts it, muttering to himself, the hell with this. He says that Lorraine can have it and they'll see just how far they can go without him. He wishes them good luck finding their own way out of here as Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult plays on the radio.
2: So little homage to Halloween. Okay. Yeah. The use of the song.
1: Yeah. We were uh, talking off mic and wondering whose van this is. Is he just stealing <laughs> Wayne's van?
2: It's very possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I don't think that this is RJ's van. I don't yeah. either. I don't think that he would get a decal that said that on the side. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> but he pulls away from the guest house and has to slam on the brakes when the headlights reveal Pearl. She stands in front of the van in a long white nightgown. Everything is silent besides the song. RJ gets out of the van and calls out to Pearl, but she just continues to stand there, not answering him. He walks over to her and asks if she's all right. We watch from inside the van as he starts to reach out to her and she turns toward him slightly, one hand hidden behind her back. He pulls his hand away from her and apologizes, but Pearl hugs him and rests her body against his, moaning softly. She rubs his back and RJ is uncomfortable and eventually repulsed when she tries to kiss him. He asks her why she just did that and she softly pleads with him to look at me the way you look at her. Touching the collar of her nightgown, she promises to show him what she's capable of, but RJ tells her that he doesn't want to see that. He places a comforting hand on her shoulder and suggests that they go find her husband. Without warning, that hidden hand comes out from behind Pearl's back and it's holding a knife she buries it into the side of RJ's throat blood squirts out and he struggles for air as the solo for don't fear the reaper plays louder. See, I, I would have liked this better if
0: she was a ghost then. Okay. Cause I feel like don't, don't fear the reaper. I get it. It's going, but you're a person. You're still alive. It's <laughs> not her That's theme not, song. <laughs> I know, but it's playing like it is. So it's like, I don't, I, and I, I do get it. And I, and, I mean, I want to say poor RJ, but I mean, she's just trying to get some of that good, good. You gotta. <laughs> I mean, teased logged out.
2: I, <laughs> I I did laugh at his what he said because after she tries to kiss him and everything, he goes, "How come he just did that?" Yeah, wouldn't you? She- <laughs> it's just very interesting of a reaction.
1: I would think that she was confused, and I would try to take her back home. Which I okay. mean, I guess he is. Let's go try to find your husband. But he's like, I don't want to see that. It's like, dude, that's unnecessary. Yeah, like, or- she's wandering out in the middle of the yeah. night. Let's try to get her back home. Right, miss. I have a girlfriend. Yeah. Let's go find your husband. It you could be more what I mean? polite. Yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot more polite.
2: I will say, I do love the solo and the friend, the frenzied, yeah, 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 and yeah. the red, yeah, that we're about to see. I love that.
1: RJ falls onto the ground in front of the headlights of the van, spasming, choking, and gasping for air as blood continues to squirt from the wound in his neck. Pearl straddles him, and the music grows louder still as she snatches the knife out of RJ's throat and plunges it back into the other side. She continues stabbing him, the blood staining the headlights of the van and bathing them in a red light, technically making this a Giallo film. Nate. She's- <laughs>
2: Please go listen to our Blood and Black Lace <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> I've asked you countless times. She stabs him again and again, groaning as she tears away the flesh of his throat. RJ is dead, and Pearl's groans give way to a wail as she finally stops stabbing him. I think at one point,
2: <laughs> before she stabs him the second time, mm-hmm. I think he says, help. And I'm like, she's the one who, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's the one who stabbed <laughs> right stop stabbing me (laughs) can you put some pressure let's try try helping me though (laughs) (laughs) roy help (laughs) i did read in bloody disgusting that this death was accomplished with a lot of work okay there were prosthetics there was a retractable blade and that initial jab into his throat was accomplished with the system of magnets okay
1: Whoa! Yeah,
2: you wouldn't even think t- that something like that. No, no. But for the decapitation itself, at the end, they built a false floor into the ground, mm-hmm. and they had an entire prosthetic body of the upper body, his uh, shoulders and neck, and obviously his head. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very important for a, to- <laughs> for a decapitation
2: um, made and placed there. But then they put a stunt man in the floor so that you could have the body twitches. Oh, oh. okay. So it's it's very. Well realized, yeah,
1: yeah, it's um very brutal. I think that we have hit the point in from dust till dawn when um this is no longer the movie that we're watching anymore.
0: yes, true,
1: which I do appreciate. I know again, i I will agree that the the first I don't even want to say half because this is well over halfway done. Mm-hmm. yeah, um the first part is more successful for me but i really like in from dust till dawn i gotta applaud just that sharp turn i i think
2: i think we felt something we didn't know what yeah, yeah. and for me the fact that this is what it is i'm a little disappointed because okay. it's it's just it's from here on out it's formulaic it's exactly what you think it's going to well, be because yeah. it, it did
1: feel like something supernatural was happening especially between Maxine and Pearl mm-hmm. yes um you know like that that uh beach but (laughs) (laughs) i swear (laughs) (laughs) but i'll give you that it is not as successful of course as uh from Dust till dawn for me but i did i i do like it still right and i think too
0: maybe it would have worked a little better if they didn't play so much of the older They're way super old. Mm -hmm. Oh man, these old people. Oh, like they're, like they're, yeah. It's like, why do y'all keep bringing, like you said, T, they keep bringing it up. Yeah. Young, young, the old, you're older. It's like, I, now I'm, I'm seeing that, but I, and I think that maybe me not like consciously seeing it, but subconsciously, I was like, man, they're just, they played them up to be this super, really, really older couple. Now she's fucking slicing the suit up.
2: (laughs) What I thought with all of that, being so prevalent Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be almost like an, an Elizabeth Bathory situation
1: Oh, okay. And that
2: to me, I mean, again, it's still playing on like those... to
1: keep her young. Yes. Or... Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's
2: still playing on those tropes that are kind of annoying, but at the same time, I think it would be m- more interesting. Okay. And honestly, that makes it make sense why Mia Goth is playing both characters. Yeah. Because then she's just going to become Mia Goth at the end. Right. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I. That's where I thought they were going. But then when she killed RJ, I'm like, oh no, they're
1: not doing. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, No. No. That's not what's happening here. But after taking a moment to catch her breath, Pearl gets to her feet and examines her hands. Still bathed in that red giallo light, Pearl raises her
2: <laughs> hands. <laughs> I've, I've shaken my head a lot today.
1: <laughs> Pearl raises her hands over her head, just like in the picture of her that we saw earlier. Blue Oyster Cult is replaced with the calming piano of Wee oui, Wee oui, Marie by Chelsea Wolf. And Pearl, lost in another place in another time, standing over RJ's brutalized body, begins to dance.
2: I will say Chelsea Wolf and Tyler Bates did the music for this film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tyler Bates has done like countless things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like Chelsea Wolf's voice. I believe she's a singer songwriter. Okay. Um, I I like and this is one of the things I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I like this moment. Okay. Does it work for this film? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like she's emoting after she got a kill. <laughs> like I do that <laughs> oh all the time in Fortnite. God. So I was like, "Oh, she's... oh,
3: she's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so I teabag
0: get him. him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, teabag him, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> right, be toxic, be toxic.
3: Right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just, I just think
2: that because it's so, it's a, it's very jarring. It's a very interesting visual, right? And it looks very good. Yeah. Does it work in X? I don't know.
1: I say yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I the first time I saw this I was like, okay. But the I it's just um she has kind of regressed in a way. And you know, I uh into what, Leatherface? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, he did what, dance too. But, but did. no, no, no. I feel like and I don't know, um, John Paul had said, because it was like, I don't, it's so weird how much more I like this this time. And he was like, do you think it's because you saw Pearl? And I was like, maybe I, I was actively trying to not let that influence us because we're not talking about Pearl. We're talking Mm -hmm. about X, Mm -hmm. but maybe, and there is a straddling situation that happens in Pearl and she was straddling RJ. So I'm wondering if she's just like kind of flashed back to this other time in her life when she you know did feel more free or did feel more um maybe more had more agency over her body or or more desirable or whatever okay not that old people aren't desirable but that she's not getting the she's not getting her needs met where she is in life right now
2: but i will say her dancing in pearl was more show tunesy wasn't it
1: it was but you know (laughs) again this is this woman I don't know if she's got show tunes in her man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what well, what well, was
0: it? Uh, I'm writing a letter to Daddy or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's close. <laughs> it was, Hello, my baby. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know. I, I I feel like this is really um beautiful and sad, and I I really like switching from Blue Oyster Cult to this like cover of Wee oui, Wee oui, Marie. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's just something about it was you know kind of haunting and and sad and beautiful to me <laughs> <laughs> no and the thing is
2: is that it is yeah but i feel like we're doing we're, we're trying to do too much we're doing yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah. i will give you that
1: <laughs> but once she's finished the vocals end and don't fear the reaper is heard again through the speakers of the van pearl shuffles to the driver's side door and lets herself in she twists the key in the ignition to turn the van off and the music stops Back in the guest house, Lorraine wakes up to find herself alone. She steps out into the dark hallway and softly calls out for RJ, but of course, she doesn't get a response. She continues through the darkness and stillness of the house, and when she sees that RJ isn't in the living room or kitchen either, she looks worried. She steps onto the front porch, looking and listening, but receiving nothing in return but the chirping of crickets. From inside the house behind her, a hand raises up before coming down firmly on her shoulder. She gasps, startled, but when the owner of the hand comes out onto the porch, it's only Wayne who is also startled. If I'm ever looking
2: for something in the dark, (laughs) don't Don't fucking touch me. (laughs) You can use your words, dude. For real though. And you clearly see that it's Lorraine. I don't know who you are. No shit.
1: He raises his hands and asks what's going on. Lorraine tells him that she woke up and RJ is gone. She asks him earnestly if he thinks that RJ may have left her and wearing tiny undies with his hands planted on his hips, Wayne reasons that the van is still here so RJ must be around here somewhere. He doesn't notice that it's in a different spot. No, not at all.
2: (laughs) Honestly, well, we all saw RJ head off that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We saw RJ's heads off that way. (laughs) Yeah. My bad. You're right.
1: You're right. (laughs) (laughs) common mistake (laughs) Lorraine is visibly upset and Wayne tries to console her he rationalizes that it's not like her dog ran off RJ's probably just processing what happened he tells her to just get back to bed but she feels guilty she says she didn't mean to hurt him and that she doesn't want to break up Wayne tells her that RJ will get used to it and things will be fine. He promises to talk to him in the morning, but just as he's heading back inside to go back to bed, Lorraine pleads with him to help her find RJ annoyed and not bothering to get dressed or even put shoes on. Wayne is like, all right, closing the (laughs) door behind him as he heads out into the night with Lorraine. He vows that he's not getting in the middle of any more of this shit.
0: Yeah, I don't want to have to go out here and help you look for this dude, man. <laughs> uh, he, uh, You go look for him. I'll wait right here for you. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I can see you from here.
2: I, uh, I feel like you should have at least put some shoes on. Yeah, yeah. the shoes. Yeah, and especially walking into places like we were just in that barn with the gross milk. Yeah. Yes. We know how it what is if in some there. some of that milk got on the
1: floor, dude. You're going to step on it? That's gross. Or, or worse. Or worse. <laughs> As Lorraine walks through the grassy field toward the farmhouse, RJ checks in the barn. He whispers, asking if RJ is in there and telling him that this is not the way to handle this. Um, I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny to me how married Wayne is to the idea that RJ is in this barn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and <Yeah>. it continues. <laughs> There comes one point that it's like, dude, he's not yeah. here. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he is not well, here. <laughs> I would have took two steps in yeah. and took my ass back outside. Yeah. Well, so what? Is he like in one of the horse pins, just, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like crying and sobbing so we can't hear him? Because he's laying under the hay. If I've called you 15 times and yeah. you haven't answered, I'm not going to keep giving you advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> not only that,
0: our first trip <laughs> should have been to the van.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go see why it's
2: still there.
0: Yeah. Then we can split up and Scooby do it or whatever, but (laughs) let's do that first. And then
2: the second you go to the van, you know what you're going to find. Yep. Yeah. Done. That's it. Yeah. Let's take the van and get out of here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: (laughs) no, wait, but didn't she take the keys? yeah she did (laughs) I forgot about that part well yeah she did you can sit in the van (laughs) formulate a plan
1: (laughs) it rhymes so you know it's a good choice (laughs) as Lorraine sets foot in front of the farmhouse the lights outside come on she whispers oh no as Howard comes out onto the porch slamming the screen behind him she apologizes for disturbing him but Howard just wants to know what she's doing out here Lorraine explains that she's looking for her boyfriend and Howard asks if she's seen his wife. She tells him, no, sir. Still convinced that RJ is hiding in the barn somewhere. (laughs) Wayne continues preaching to him. The cows are probably like, move on. dude. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to sleep. (laughs) I'm trying to make this nasty milk. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sick. No. <laughs> every every cow
2: here is sick, and we need our sleep. Right? Don't you see that milk? Uh, yes. Let us <laughs> sleep, and you can have good milk tomorrow.
0: Right, you don't know, want more of that
2: chunky ass shit. Uh, yeah, it's no, transactional. No, Get no. out of here, <laughs> and we'll give you all the milk. <laughs>
1: But Wayne says that there are two keys to keeping a healthy relationship. One, you never let a good woman out of your sight. And two, you never mention her weight. <laughs> I don't know how this is supposed to help RJ's situation no, right now. <laughs> n- not at all. <laughs> because neither <of> <laughs> <laughs> pertain to what he's going through. <laughs> But hands on his hips again, he struts through the barn, asking just how RJ thinks he's been surrounded by beautiful women all his life. There's an art to it, and it's just like business. On the ground, ahead of Wayne's bare feet, there is a nail sticking straight up out of a piece of wood. We are closed in tight on it as Wayne pauses but continues forward, stepping down on the nail hard. You see it coming? It's still awful. (laughs) He's like, fiddle-dee-dee. (laughs) This will require a tetanus shot. Yeah. Injuries like this get me every fucking time. They do.
0: This is true horror. Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, that hurt me.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Like,
1: in real life. Yes.
2: I felt it. Yeah. It was like a phantom pain.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I stepped on an earring, and it was, like, flush with my foot, and I had to pull it out i'm not saying that i i've been through what wayne's going through. <laughs> but that was awful
2: yes i i would like to know is pearl out here setting traps or is that is that what we're meant to take from that or
1: oh i don't maybe know. maybe i didn't but maybe
2: i mean that's kind of wild to just have that out there
1: <laughs> <laughs> well everybody's everybody's have shoes on
0: yeah that's true yeah in a barn but why was that there
2: i think she yeah. put it there
1: i mean i would have i would have liked to have seen with
2: the amount of foreshadowing in this movie somebody knocks something over while they're yeah. in there yeah and then it comes maybe even him yeah and it okay. Comes back to bite him later
0: yeah yeah that's better i don't like to think of her hiding in a box like peeking through the cracks <laughs> i like don't looking at him
1: i don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't because she would have had that would be really annoying because she'd have no way to know that anybody was going to come in here yeah so yeah that would have been a good addition when they're in here filming
2: mm-hmm. yeah Somebody knocks something you over, go.
1: you know because yeah why is that it's in I the don't middle
2: uh, or maybe the cows are like if anyone tries to wake us up
1: <laughs> <laughs> we <They put> it- <laughs> need to sleep
2: <laughs> this milk is gross dude. it's really gross
1: <laughs> but wayne screams as he brings his foot up the plank now nailed onto the bottom of his foot The cow in the stall next to him moos in consolation.
2: (laughs) He's like, we warned you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And when Wayne picks up a lantern to illuminate his plankectomy, there's a lot of blood once he pulls it off. Does he store all of his blood in his... (laughs) 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 skin? Because that was a lot, man.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow.
1: The cows start to moo loudly, and Wayne tells them to shut up. He calls them cheeseburgers and tells them to go wander into traffic. He's on his back now, cradling his injured foot. (laughs) He calls out to RJ again, (laughs) asking if he's in here and telling him that he hurt his foot.
2: That's when I was like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say the whole wander into traffic thing, that's really rude because of what happened at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, that was a true friend of ours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was a move friend of (laughs) ours.
2: Move no, friend. Move soon. <laughs> 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 Move soon.
1: <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He tells RJ to come out and help him as he scrambles back up to his feet, lamenting that he's probably going to catch tetanus from this. Wayne looks over at the barn door and it's apparent that someone is on the other side when they walk away, revealing holes in the door that suddenly let in moonlight. He asks if it's Lorraine, but he doesn't get a response. He limps over to the door, lowering himself to one of the holes and peeking through. We see what he sees through the small holes, just grass and weeds swaying gently in the breeze. There are three small holes and we watch his eye as he moves from one to the next. Finally, we see the side of Wayne's face as a shadow passes over the holes, shrouding him in darkness. Wayne's expression softens to one of worry, but before he can even pull away, a pitchfork is shoved through the hole and right into Wayne's eyeballs.
2: The old fork in the eye.
1: <laughs> 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 but remember you said people's eyes are going to pop out of their heads? Yeah. You, did. <laughs> you know?
2: Starting to come together. <laughs> pretty good.
1: Pretty good.
0: Yeah, he just, uh, he stood there for a really long time.
1: A really long time. as after the shadow, too. Yeah. yeah. So when the like, shadow, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe move back a little bit.
0: <laughs> He's like, RJ? Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's
0: like, finally.
1: <laughs> right, these cows are being really mean to me. Here. <laughs> At the farmhouse, Lorraine waits anxiously as Howard gets a flashlight from a drawer. He turns it on and tells her that there's another light in the cellar. When he asks if she'll get it for him, she's hesitant, but he pleads with her, telling her that his wife is not well. He says that it's dark outside, and he's afraid that she could fall and break her hip. We watch from down in the cellar as the door creaks open slowly. Lorraine stands at the top of them, and Howard calls out to her that his workbench is down the stairs. Lorraine looks pleadingly at the single bulb suspended above her. She reaches out to pull the chain to turn it on. But as she does, we're back in the barn with Wayne. The pitchfork is pulled out of the door just as quickly as it went in. Wayne collapses to the ground, blood spewing from his face. He lies on the barn door, dead, his eye in the hay next to him. Pearl's silhouette with her long nightgown and sharp pitchfork is displayed on the wall as she shuffles toward him. When we see her, we see that her nightgown is still stained with RJ's blood. She stands over Wayne's body silently before poking him with the pitchfork again and then using it to bury him in the loose hay.
2: So I did read on Bloody Disgusting that this was actually a composite shot and it looks really good. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, it starts with the actor and he's kneeled in front of the two holes and he reacts as if what just happened happened. Yeah. You see him fall back and everything. But then what they did as well was they filmed a very lifelike dummy at the exact same angle. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they put the pitchfork in, it's the dummy, but then they just spliced ho- these. I hope. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they killed this actor. <laughs> 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 but uh, they just spliced the two things together. Okay. And they um said something really funny sarah Ribano said that it, and it's true when you're doing a shot like this and you have to get it exact on both ones mm-hmm. both ones
3: yeah. <laughs> it's getting it's late, getting late. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in both shots um the, even the eyeballs have to hit their mark yeah yeah so they have to fall just right and you notice they fell perfectly yeah, yeah. It looks good it really it does it really
1: does but with the nearly useless light turned on, Lorraine slowly walks down into the darkness of the cellar. It is pitch black down there, but she's able to find the flashlight. She turns it on and begins to rush up the stairs, but when she makes it up to the door, she finds that it's locked. So for me, again,
0: this was another thing that I kind of already seen coming. Uh-huh. Or I felt like I was like, you're going to come back and that door's going to be locked.
2: Oh yeah. Why would you go down there? I, I was a little, uh, I thought maybe... It was kind of a moment of false suspense because I thought something would get her in the cellar. Yeah. Mm. And then when nothing did and she's just like, Oh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I believe the door blew shut. <laughs> right. You locked me in on accident. <laughs> yeah. Clearly,
2: clearly. Can you
1: rectify this please? Yeah. You haven't
2: been weird all night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she calls out to Howard telling him that she's locked inside. We see the other side of the door. The locks are drawn and it's clear that this was no accident. Panting, Lorraine runs back down the stairs and switches on a light by the workbench. With the new light, she can see a man's dead, bloody, battered, and naked body is strung up by his wrists behind her. Lorraine turns around, and her face contorts in horror as she lets loose the iconic and blood-curdling scream.
2: So I know we all had the same thought, right? That this was RJ. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we were all <laughs> we're, we're all, all wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was just some other guy. Yeah, I. They've been doing this. They do this. Yeah. yeah.
1: She sobs as she looks down at the man's nude body, his shirt gone and his jeans pulled down around his ankles. So, what are they doing to this dude? Not, nothing good. What well, the I mean... <laughs> fuck? Why well, I'm just saying like there. Yeah. I think she. Okay. But at the guest house, Bobby Lynn and Jackson are still asleep, cuddled up together in bed. When he hears a creaking deeper in the house, Jackson sits up and peers into the dark hallway. This wakes up Bobby Lynn, who asks him what's wrong. Jackson says that he thought he heard something, but it's probably just nothing because old habits die hard. He tells her to go back to sleep, and she doesn't take much convincing, nodding and telling him, aye, aye, Captain, before lying back down. Naked, except for a pair of socks, Jackson surveys the living room. Once he's satisfied, he goes to the fridge and takes out a carton of milk.
3: (laughs) It's like, this is fucking gross.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is disgusting. (laughs) I will say, we, we learn... Uh, we You and I read, Nay. Yeah. The carton of milk.
1: Yeah. He drinks from it, and once it's raised, we see a missing persons announcement on the back. There are two photos, one of the man in the cellar, mm-hmm. and the other is obstructed by Jackson's thumb.
0: Okay, because I did notice the missing thing on there. Yeah. And I didn't know if maybe it's something that was being referenced later, or... Something you know
1: what I oh, mean? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that.
2: Is that maybe why it's covered? But would they share ad space like that? I thought it was one. Yeah. How do they? I don't know how they did that back then. Ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, well, back in the day, like in in any movie that's that's set in that time, right, right. It's usually just the one plot centric <laughs> kid. Yeah. Whoever is missing or whoever, whatever. They don't have like. Five kids or whatever No,
1: yeah no you are right yeah this carton of milk was sponsored
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) who knows a light sweeps the room from the window and jackson turns his attention outside he opens the door to find howard heading toward him flashlight in one hand and a shotgun in the other he tells jackson that his wife has gone missing he says that she gets confused sometimes after dark Jackson points out that he's carrying a lot of firepower for a missing wife, but Howard explains that it's for alligators because he found her once at the edge of the pond. He starts, if she were to fall in, and this is enough for Jackson, he immediately offers help. Okay, so this is where
2: Howard's a fucking liar. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, it's not loaded. And he's like, this is to kill all the gators. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that bull they're trying to kidnap my wife. <laughs> <laughs> trying to kidnap my wife. <laughs> so i just i don't
1: understand i don't understand i assume that when he's going out on alligator defense he loads
2: it oh okay (laughs) i thought it was just like an old movie prop
1: (laughs) but i love the the idea that the alligator
2: (laughs) Are conspiring to kidnap. Someone. It just makes for an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> More interesting, I'd say. You know, some of them, some of them become butlers, but some yeah. don't really some of them really go the wrong way. Yeah, they, they go down a dark creek. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
1: we see jackson his lower body shadowed but clearly hanging dong he lifts his dog tax <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest
1: <laughs> Isn't it loving it's, it t- well because <laughs>
2: it's, it's very poor manners to answer the door with your tackle out you don't do that but
1: he didn't <laughs> But <laughs> He paid for the room, man. He did, but he not I mean, (laughs) consider it. He didn't know that he was going to be coming to the door. Yeah. There's a couch right there. (laughs) Grab a pillow or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's like, I'll be right. (laughs) I'll be right there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. He lifts his dog tags toward Howard, reminding him, not for self, but for country. Howard nods, and Jackson heads back inside to get dressed. Bobby Lynn is already fast asleep as Jackson throws on boxers and a t-shirt. We watch voyeuristically from around the corner in the hallway as he grabs his boots and tiptoes back toward the front door.
0: So I've, I've got a, a tiny problem with this. Okay.
1: Why wouldn't you say
0: something? Hey, babe, I will be right back. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, we'll uh, go fight couple, an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> <this> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The alligators are trying to abduct this lady. I got to go help the old man look for him. He's like, look. apparently this is a common problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Gators around here are fucking crazy. <laughs> they hold you for ransom. <laughs> they don't even try to eat you anymore. <laughs>
1: With Jackson out of sight, our POV moves forward toward the bedroom, complete with some heavy breathing, which, you know. Yeah. Halloween. But we stop at Maxine's room, pushing the door open slightly, revealing her sleeping alone in her and Wayne's bed. Finally, the POV is revealed to be that of Pearl.
2: So for The Shining, it's take a shot. Would Halloween be take six shots?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's got to be. She moves silently towards Wayne's side of the bed, standing there and staring at Maxine before slowly pulling off her sheets and revealing her in her underwear. Pearl unbuttons her own nightgown, letting it fall to the floor and carefully lowering herself into bed next to Maxine. At the pond, Jackson and Howard stand on the edge of the dock. Jackson suggests that they split up and take the perimeter so they're able to cover more ground quicker. Howard protests, saying that he only has the one flashlight. Jackson looks at him sympathetically and tells him that he means no offense, but it's been a long time since Howard was deployed. He tells him that he spent three nights face down in a rice paddy scanning for landmines and tripwires. He says once a Marine, always a Marine. He assures Howard that if his wife is out here, he will find her. When did he tell him he was in the service? And And when he took him to the house i thought pearl only told maxine that in the house she gave maxine more details okay but okay. howard did say that he served and was like did you to oh, wait. that's yeah. right oh no,
2: yeah, yeah okay you're right it was like flat feet yes. yeah that's right <laughs> sorry bro
1: <laughs> back in maxine's bedroom pearl sits up in the bed next to her she gently slides her hand up maxine's bare side and back staining her skin with blood as she goes she buries her face in Maxine's hair, breathing deeply as she continues to caress her. She's out of control. Yeah, she's like well, very, all. very much. Outside, Jackson goes to investigate noise in the trees and finds a car submerged headfirst into the pond. Psycho. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Take a shower. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Texas license plates stare up at him. On the other side of the pond, Howard's flashlight moves around. As he walks back the way he came, we see the head of the alligator <laughs> <laughs> is poked up from the still water. Is that, like,
2: you guys think 5000 this time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much honey money? Right, I know they got it. i seen it. I saw it exchange hands right. in a jar. He's pasting
0: together one of those notes. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a wooden gator head. That was a fucking spy camera. <laughs> <laughs> there. It's a decoy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense yeah. now. <laughs>
1: Jackson heads back up the trail, calling out to Howard that he didn't find her. He's concerned when he sees the light from Howard's flashlight through the trees, and when he goes over to him, the flashlight is abandoned next to the pond. Jackson panics, going into the pond chest deep and splashing in the water looking for Howard. Back at the farmhouse, the chain cellar door rattles as Lorraine hits it, crying and screaming for help. When no one comes to save her, she goes to Howard's workbench and arms herself with an axe. She runs back upstairs. Jackson abandons his search in the water and walks back down the trail. He's startled, though, when he comes face to face with Howard. He admits to Howard that he scared him, but Howard coldly tells him, once a Marine, always a Marine. Squeezing out his shirt, Jackson reports to Howard that his wife isn't in the water. Abruptly, Howard tells Jackson that he can't give her what he wants anymore. He says that Jackson can't understand because he's still young and he can do as he pleases. Jackson is confused, but Howard continues that the last person that stayed here was the same. They were running around in hardly any clothes, too, enticing his wife. Jackson is like... That's crazy. Let's go back to the house (laughs) and find out what's going on. (laughs) Howard, though, tells him that he knows exactly what's going on. He places the shotgun against Jackson's chest and pulls the trigger, causing him to fly backwards into the water.
2: So that, for me, was him trying to piece together the two glasses of lemonade he saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's forming his own assumptions and giving us the least creative death in the film. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. It, that sucks too because I think that Jackson is a pretty compelling character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked him. I liked that he was, you know, ready and willing to help. I, you know. I think he deserved better, but I think it's definitely a callback to him being like, farmers appointed guns at me before or whatever. Like that is like his full circle moment, but yeah. I think he deserves better. We literally don't even see his body.
0: No. Yeah. I would have, I would have liked a more memorable death. Mm-hmm. Maybe something else besides this feels a little muted. And I feel like other than them, he's the only other character that we get a real backstory about yeah <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you know what i mean we know it we know stuff about him mm-hmm. you've told us things he's here saying stuff you know what i mean other than that anything else we don't really know anything about any of them
2: you can even show him land from a uh, far uh, far off angle yeah yeah like it's really it doesn't need to be even that much yeah yeah i was just kind of surprised yeah i wasn't surprised that this is what happened because they've no, telegraphed yeah. It. <laughs> yeah no yeah but, but uh, i was like i'll leave my flashlight here. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> he deserved better he did back in maxine's room she rolls over in her sleep facing pearl pearl continues to rub maxine's shoulder and stare at her until maxine slowly wakes up she sees that pearl has taken wayne's spot in the bed next to her and screams the scream wakes up Bobby Lynn, who rushes to check on Maxine. But as soon as she leaves her bedroom, she runs into Pearl, <laughs> still completely <laughs> naked, making her way to the front door.
2: Pearl's like, "Excuse me, eh? yeah. <laughs> and who might you be? Yeah.
1: <laughs> the- oh, but, yeah. oh, bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> too far, too far. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the quick cut made me laugh. It, it was it was a bit funny. It was
1: quick. <laughs> Maxine continues screaming and Bobby Lynn runs into her room Maxine screams that that woman was in her bed touching her at the farmhouse Lorraine breaks a hole in the door with the axe she quietly sticks her hand through to unlock the door but just as she looks like she's about to make it her hand is bashed repeatedly now obviously this was the shining yeah Take a, take, yeah. a take a shot. <laughs> I wrote, here's Jenna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you.
0: He fucked her hand up. Really bad.
1: It's Howard with the shotgun.
0: Now, this, for some reason, um, you guys have mentioned it quite a bit. And it, for some reason, this that's what it made me think again. Now, who hates hands again? Hmm. You guys always talk about Mike friends.
2: Flanagan. Yeah, friends. yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, "What? Hey, where's this guy at? You stole my bit." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's his nod to Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I will say this is probably the most gruesome thing for me in the film. Okay, watching it's, it. It's yeah. bad, and then watching the um, result. Yeah. yeah.
1: He yells at her, telling her that she's only making things worse. And when she sobs and screams for help, he points his gun at her, demanding she get back in the cellar. Lorraine falls to the ground, crying and cradling her ruined hand. Howard walks through the living room, turning on the TV with the volume up. The televangelist loudly warns that there are kidnappers, murderers and sex fiends right under our noses in Christian homes. Is he talking about the alligator? <laughs> 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 They're
2: the swindlers right. <laughs> I mean, and the kidnappers. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we immediately cut to Maxine's room where she's gotten dressed, back into her overalls, and is enjoying a line of Coke. I will this say, is, yeah, go ahead. The
2: transition, yeah. yeah, him saying right under our very noses, and yeah. then she's, yeah,
1: that that's good. I just don't feel like. After what she's been through, that would be her first priority No, I'm oh. because she does clean herself off and she hasn't even done that yet. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well
2: th- then that, yeah, I, I'm not saying I like it, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, I see what so they were that's going what for. They
0: for. Did. <laughs> I don't know if we watched any, uh, if we learned anything from Scarface after anything traumatic happening, you need a line of cover. That's what you do yeah. immediately. <laughs>
1: Outside the window, wrapped in her blanket, Bobby Lynn walks around calling out for Jackson. We follow her outside where she finds Pearl standing naked at the edge of the dock. Bobby Lynn snaps into action. She runs to her, telling her to step away from the edge and warning her that it's dangerous. She wraps her blanket around Pearl, assuring her that she's safe. She asks if Pearl is hurt and confides in her that her grandmother gets confused sometimes as well. So she learned all about it. She says that she was even thinking about becoming a nurse. She kindly invites Pearl to come with her, but in response, Pearl slaps her across the face. Bobby Lynn asks what she did that for, and Pearl tells her coldly that she doesn't need a nurse. She asks just why Bobby Lynn gets to have it all when she hasn't done anything but be a whore.
0: What? See, you don't think you should be able to just body her one time? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> one
1: <don't> time? <laughs> well, we don't need to to be calling people that, first of all. Well, no, and you slap me. And, you, and yeah.
2: I just wanted to say that it made me laugh that Bobby Lynn was like, it's dangerous to stand on the edge. Now let me stand on the edge. Yeah.
3: She was.
1: <laughs> it's dangerous for you to stand yeah. on the edge. I'm fine. I'll yeah. be Okay. <laughs> But Bobby Lynn is done. She tells Pearl that if she doesn't want her help, it's no problem. She was only trying to be nice. She tries to head back away from the pond, but Pearl blocks her way. She tells Bobby Lynn that she shouldn't be able to just flaunt it in her face like she does. Bobby Lynn fires back that it's not her fault that she didn't get to live the life she wanted. She tells Pearl harshly to move out of the way. Just as she starts to call her a mean, old, ugly but. Pearl pushes Bobby Lynn off of the dock and into the pond. She splashes in the water and when she comes back up, Pearl finishes her thought for her. Bitch. Chekhov's alligator suddenly (laughs) rises from the waters and takes Bobby Lynn's head in its jaws. She screams and tries to fight, but it takes her underwater and the water is quickly filled with blood.
2: So that was either the alligator's name or the alligator's attack (laughs) works? <laughs> and I'm not sure. Did yeah. someone say
3: bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like jump? <chomp? laughs>
2: that's
0: the ransoms here. Yeah. Please. Just yeah. <laughs> give me ten more minutes.
1: <laughs> Howard comes up to the dock, unsurprised by what he's seen. He asks Pearl if that's the one, and she tells him flatly that he knows she doesn't like blondes.
0: I was also unsurprised. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. But again, the the mural on the club oh yeah I mean, that yeah. was that's pretty cool that's mm-hmm. subtle i mean i think it's subtle because it's so far it's been so much time right right you're not that's thinking true. about that but at the guest house maxine uses a sponge to scrub the blood that pearl left behind off of her skin muttering that it's disgusting if we all remember she does not like blood and gas yeah.
2: <laughs> she made that very clear yeah
1: she looks around the house calling out for Lorraine and RJ but she's alone she hears Howard's wheezy breathing from outside the door and sees him and Pearl coming up from the pond she hides Howard and Pearl come to the guest house they head to the back bedroom where they creep into the room and find the bed empty Howard asks Pearl about Wayne and she says that he's in the barn stuck like the pig he was Howard says that that's three down but Pearl corrects him four Howard says he's got another one that he's keeping at the house for her, but Pearl is disappointed. She doesn't want her. She had her eyes set on Maxine. She says she's got something special about her, just like she did, and she's sick and tired of never getting what she wants. That's exactly what Maxine said earlier.
2: Yes. So again, this is what I'm saying about thinking that there's something more to it than just... It's, it feels supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we saying the same lines? Why are we, Yeah, you yeah. know? Okay. But it never goes that direction. Yeah.
1: Howard sets the shotgun down and tells her that she knows he wants to give it to her, but he's tired too. He sits down on the bed next to his wife, and she sullenly tells him that she knows. She asks that he tell her that she's special, and he tells her that of course she is. He says he's felt that way about her since they first met. She was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. Pearl tells him sadly, not anymore. But Howard reassures her, always. Pearl pleads with him to tell her that she's his and that he still wants her. She opens the blanket around her and places her husband's hands on her breasts. She asks him to make her feel young again. Howard asks, what if his heart can't take it? But she tells him that it can. Pearl and Howard kiss and lay down on the bed. The two make out as the camera dips down to reveal Maxine hiding under the bed. We get an aerial view of Howard and Pearl making it sweet. And beneath.
2: (laughs) Was it my nodding? (laughs) Y'all both nodded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And beneath the mattress rocks over Maxine's head. They are getting after it. Moaning and groaning as Maxine slides out from underneath the bed. As soon as she's safely out of the room, she runs.
2: So again this moment this is this is where I had my disconnect okay from the film because the moment begins very sincere and sweet. Yeah, yeah. Even with everything that they did. First of all, the couple that slays together stays together. But Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I feel like this moment began very sweet and they were going to share a very sensual and sympathetic moment together. Yeah. But then it dips down to Maxine. The music goes all horrific. <laughs> it's like something out of the... It's like the music is like when Danny saw the woman in Room 237 <laughs> <laughs> and then Maxine's under there and she's like... Ugh, or whatever. <laughs> like, I think that that's, that's fucked up. I feel like it's I, I just don't like it and i don't like what they're trying to say about sexuality and older people yeah and i don't like the way that they're presenting this they don't have to present it like this she didn't gag i saw her face no.
1: <laughs> to me i felt like we saw bobby lynn and jackson we saw maxine and jackson we saw the beginning of lorraine and jackson <laughs> i feel like they're getting the same treatment here it's not as graphic but they're enjoying themselves and i
2: feel like they're getting the same treatment here but the thing is is that whenever all the other stuff was going on yeah yeah it was like 70s porno music but this it's like well because they
1: just fucking killed (laughs) all of her friends okay that's how i took it (laughs) (laughs) but now okay i'll I'll bring it back um I, 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 I see what you're saying. And again, if that was the intent, that is gross. But I saw it, like I said earlier, as a commentary on that. The fact that, yeah, this whole film, we've been saying youth, youth, youth. Do it till you can't anymore. Do it till you can't anymore. Oh, that lady can't have sex anymore. Whatever. But it's like, no, they can. Like, Howard has overcome his fears and hardened his heart, I guess. Um, wow. But... they they can and they are
0: but the little death leads to
1: the big death for them it could Mm -hmm. it could so that's the risk Uh, uh, that's the risk that Pearl is willing (laughs) to take yeah (laughs) Pearl
2: (laughs) I, I think I think for me where my disconnect is is I feel like it's 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 a very thin line between having this conversation and adding to the wrong side of it
1: No, you're completely right. And again, if that is what we were, if we're supposed to be gagging under the bed with (laughs) Maxine, then that is really gross. Yeah. And that is not, you know, I feel like the takeaway from this, I would hope not, but I don't know. I know that that's not how I took it, but I can see how you got that.
2: I, I i appreciate that yeah nope. so i i really i don't know and i see how it could be commentary on that i think it's just the way that it's shot and the horrific music that accompanies it it was a little weird it robs it of that sympathetic moment
1: to me that i it should f- be i feel like they have just spent the night <laughs> murdering people and now they're like, pearls like eh? you know <laughs> i feel like that is the horror in it is that they're okay. fucking they are scary <laughs> They just killed <laughs> almost everyone.
2: Yeah, but they deserve love too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, did. yeah. Even That's Frankenstein all. had a bride. He
2: did. He I did. that wasn't. That didn't go well.
1: <laughs>
2: and we'll That's talk about that soon.
1: Admittedly, yeah. But you know what I mean. I feel like they are scary because of what they have done. They're not scary because they're older and having sex. That's how I took it.
2: I feel like just some of the way that the film is shot, I think that they make a big deal about how they look okay, as a means of drawing the horror out of the viewer. Right. 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 And I feel like that's not fair.
1: It's not. No. And you're right. But Maxine finds the van and there's a knife sticking out of the front tire and RJ's corpse in front of it. She hears Lorraine screaming in the farmhouse and takes Wayne's gun out of the glove compartment. She goes inside quietly, looking around, and when she gets to the kitchen, Lorraine pops up in the hole in the door, again, like Jack Torrance, (laughs) screaming for her to be let out of there. Maxine asks her to be quiet, but this only makes Lorraine louder, telling her that she can't tell her to be quiet when she's trapped in a dungeon down here. So I was defending Lorraine earlier, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I liked the commentary on what they were doing with her character. And kind of, you know, pointing out the fact that a lot of people, when they're immediately judgmental and repulsed by something, maybe a part of them is a little excited by it. And Mm -hmm. that's why they react that way. And um, I appreciated all of that. This here and the way that she behaves in this scene. Fuck her. (laughs) That I I was getting very frustrated. Turn around. Go back in the dungeon.
2: -uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't she say something like, I never should have listened to you. Yeah. yeah. But when did you ever listen to Maxine? Yeah, because we made Correct. it very
1: clear that they didn't influence you. At you all. came to mm-hmm. this decision on your own. But anyway, Maxine opens the door and Lorraine runs out, yelling that the old people are fucking crazy and they need to get out before they're killed, too. Maxine rationalizes that they need to find the keys to Howard's truck, but Lorraine is not trying to hear it. She's like, look, they're busy. <laughs> we got a <laughs> If you calm down. Lorraine yells at Maxine that she never should have listened to her because this is all her fault. She starts to leave, but Maxine goes after her, telling her that they need to stick together. Like a petulant child, Lorraine screams at Maxine that she hates her. She hates all of them so much. Despite Maxine trying to get her to stay, she runs straight toward the front door of the farmhouse, only to be immediately blown away with Howard's shotgun
2: i don't know where she was shot from it's 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 i'm fucking the warren commission right now (laughs) because if there was nobody in front of her but she gets shot as if she falls back as if she was shot from the front they shot her through the screen from what screen
1: the front door she was running toward the front door
2: but they come at her from the side yeah
1: well you know
2: was it a magic bullet (laughs)
1: out the outline of this house is unclear (laughs) the floor plan we don't
2: know bullets can curve
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) what is physics what is you know who cares maxine hides again and we hear howard say that he told lorraine to stay in the cellar pearl calmly tells him that they don't need her anymore because they've got each other again so i almost thought when he had locked her down there that he was trying to to protect her
2: Oh, because I
1: thought that Pearl was the one kind of perpetrating this, and then as it went on, it's like, oh no, Howard is like in on it too.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. From the initial, like, I was like, you can protect me without fucking my hand. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Not at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I like my fingers, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not at that point. Maxine peeks around the corner as Howard tells Pearl to help him drag her inside because the law says that it's self-defense if she came in the house.
2: But won't the blood trail? L- yeah, lead no, she- <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, no. So I guess she did get outside. Yeah. So they didn't shoot her through. I- I'm not sure. I'm- I, don't- I don't know.
2: I don't know. It's a magic bullet. Yeah. yeah. It was from the grassy knoll.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Pearl asked if you really think someone will come looking for her. But Howard just says that he doesn't want to risk it. Maxine hides behind the corner with the gun outside Howard tells Pearl that they need to be smart about this and that there's no sense in making a mess now. He says, if no one comes by tomorrow, they can dump her body in the pond with the others. He's like, Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Wayne's body out of the barn and sink him too. So this is why those alligators are hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are constantly supplying them with meat.
2: Yeah. He's like, I know a place. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More nip tuck. Yeah. Maxine waits for her moment as Pearl opens the screen door so that Howard can pull Lorraine inside. He does complaining that she's heavier than she looks. But when she gurgles up blood, it scares the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) He backs up against the wall, clearly in medical emergency. Pearl rushes to her husband and Maxine makes her move. So was like the sex, like loosening the lid of the pickle jar and then the blood gurgling. It's it did it the rest of the way
2: yeah i guess i (laughs) am sure we were talking off mic earlier that it seems like towards the back half of the film they're they're just they're just trying to kill off everyone yeah and they're like you know what fuck it howard too Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we don't need him (laughs) yeah forget it pointing the gun at them she demands the keys to the truck pearl sobs that howard is having a heart attack but maxine doesn't care pearl finally tells her that the keys are in the kitchen The televangelist announces that we've reached a crossroads, salvation or damnation. Just as he says this, Maxine snatches up the keys and returns to point the gun at the couple. She tells Pearl that they're going to rot once people find out what they've done. Pearl asks, what I've done? The televangelist says that it's time for us to take control of our own fate. And if we don't, the Lord shall do it for us. Pearl asks Maxine if she thinks she doesn't know who she really is. She says that she saw what she did in the barn and calls her a deviant whore. She warns Maxine that they're the same and she's going to end up just like her. As the televangelist preaches that we all need to turn our back on sin and make the commitment once and for all. Maxine spits back that she is nothing like Pearl. Pearl is a kidnapping, murdering sex fiend and she's a fucking star. She tells her that the whole world is going to know her name. The televangelist tells everyone to say it with him. And just as he says it, Maxine does as well. I will not accept a life I do not deserve. As his congregation rejoices, Maxine screams at Pearl to stop fucking staring at her. We slide down her arm to the barrel of the gun and Maxine pulls the trigger, but there's no bullets in that thing. It's all fucking mind power. Twice in a (laughs) row. No, but the gun is empty. (laughs) Which Wayne did tell us earlier. He did. Yep. foreshadowing. Pearl grabs Howard's shotgun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What, do you like me using the literary device or what was it? (laughs) Which uh, which part? (laughs) Which part was it that sent you over the edge? (laughs)
1: Pearl grabs Howard's shotgun and raises it at Maxine, but she dives onto the floor just in time. And when Pearl pulls the trigger, (laughs) she flies backward out of the front door.
2: I imagine Howard buying this gun and the salesman's like, now the recoil. (laughs) (laughs) It's a son of a bitch. You gotta be careful. This thing kicks like a son of a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The televangelist proclaims that that's what he calls divine intervention and that the Lord smiles on those who accept him. As Maxine sits up, he gives the glory to Jesus. Maxine walks out of the house as Wee Wee Marie begins to play. Pearl is collapsed on the ground in front of the farmhouse and she whines about her hip, which is also foreshadowed. Maxine presses a finger to her lips and mockingly shushes Pearl. She gets into Howard's truck, and Pearl screams at her, calling her a whore and telling her that she's not innocent or special. You, you got, you're doing too many whores. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> so I got one insult that I really like. Yeah, yeah I'm love, not about yeah. to
1: be too many more whores. Like, <laughs>
2: we're about done
0: with that. All right, calm down,
2: Anakin. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, the shushing is a callback too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She promises that it will all be taken from Maxine, just like it was from her. Maxine throws the truck into reverse, and we watch as she rolls over Pearl's head, squashing it to nothing. She tells Pearl that it will be their little secret before driving forward, running over the remnants of her head again. With the cross dangling from the rearview mirror, Maxine drives off into the night, muttering, divine intervention. She takes another bump of coke off the back of her hand and says, praise the fucking Lord. She drives away from the property as the sun begins to peek over the horizon. We hear the televangelist say that he hopes that through his own admission, others can find the light. We toggle back and forth between the lonely road and the televangelist's black and white face before we settle back on the TV in Howard and Pearl's living room. He tells the congregation that he wants to show them something. He removes the cover to reveal a younger photo of his beautiful little daughter, Maxine. He says that she was lured into a life of sin by the very deviance that he warns them of. He says that they pray one day that she'll be able to find her way home to them. We pan out to see Sheriff Dentler and officer Mitchell standing outside.
2: I feel like I should have felt more with this reveal. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it is what you're saying and that it's going to make sense in two more films. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you look to say it like that. <laughs> Maxine's not in Pearl. Correct. <laughs> yeah. One more film. Uh my thing is I would have liked just a little moment even if it was just at the gas station of her kind of like bristling at the preacher.
0: Yeah. Or like
1: a moment of like staring and looking disgusted or anything. Like this dude has been she saw him at Howard and Pearl. She saw him at the gas station. She heard him on the radio. Mm-hmm. There was no, nothing. There was no yeah. reaction
2: at all. And it's kind of, I don't know, how famous is he if everybody's watching him everywhere? Yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's successful for me. No, I agree.
1: I'm, I'm holding out. We'll yeah. talk about it on magazine. Bodies are loaded into the coroner's vehicle and Mitchell asks Dentler what he thinks happened. Dentler asks him how the hell should he know? A deputy played by Jeff Dolan comes over to them with the video camera. He says they found it as he hands it over to Mitchell. Mitchell asks what they think is on it. And Dentler says that by the looks of everything, he'd say one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Just then, against a red background, we get a big white X. And Bad Case of Loving You, Dr. Doctor, by Robert (laughs) Palmer, begins to play and the credits roll. So what did you guys think of X?
0: Um, I really enjoyed the first half of this movie or I guess the back half of it or the back end of it wasn't as successful for me as the beginning. Um, But it's not a bad movie. I wouldn't say that this is uh, a bad movie at all. I did have fun. I did. You know what I mean? uh, have even more fun talking about it with you guys. Um, but yeah, some of the things like, I think you said it to a lot of the things in the movie are, are successful scenes, but in this movie, I don't know if they fit. Um, so it did feel kind of jarring at times or kind of weird. And, uh, I didn't like the cutaway back and forth. It was, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the kills were predictable. That did kind of hurt it for me. And I know we touched a little bit on it um, earlier about the makeup and it is good, but it is it is a little easier to notice that Mia Goth is playing Pearl. Yeah. So, I mean, it did take me out of it a few times. It's not so bad to where it's like, oh, look, at the, I can see the flap. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, not it, the well, like it's like, the Halloween know, yeah. mask. yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you can tell.
2: Mm hmm. And I, I, to to your point about the makeup, I feel like I, I want to know what would be lost by having those two characters played by elderly actors. Right. I can't think of one thing. Yeah. Except for being able to <laughs> tell your friends when the end credits roll. Oh, that was me. I got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. She did both? Yeah. She was both <laughs> of them? I think that's really the only thing that you lose. Yeah, because
0: I think if we've learned anything from Freddie to Meryl Streep. <laughs> Oh, that you can yeah. get people that look yeah, like you can. Yeah, yeah for this sure. Just as easy. And yeah. and that's not even a relative.
2: No. At yeah. all. And I mean, I, I just I don't know. I feel like that that hurts a lot of it for me because it's it's again, it's not that it's bad makeup. No. It's just that you can tell that it's people that have been made up. Yeah. And so that, and also that kind of puts into your mind this idea that something else is going to be going on. Mm -hmm. And so the second that shit goes crazy towards the back half and you're like, oh, you're just doing a standard slasher film now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not what I expected. I thought you were going to subvert our expectations because we already have these Texas Chainsaw Massacre feelings Yeah, yeah. and you're going to do something something different with it. But you really don't. And so, I mean, I don't know. I... It's not that I don't like this movie. Mm -hmm. It's just that I feel like a lot of what they were going for... you got to admire the ambition. Yeah. But I feel like it it misses the mark for me in a lot of ways. And I don't... I've already said I'm not a big fan of the messaging. Yeah. Because I feel like especially that scene, I feel like it's shot in a certain way that is just playing into a very fucking tired trope. Yeah. But, um...
0: No, I... and. uh, and to that, I did want to add, and and I meant to say it earlier. The one thing I will, and and uh, to you saying like, they, you know, you can see that they liked making this movie and they were doing it. Um, I wanted to add this movie had a intimacy coordinator. Mm. I forgot to bring that up uh, earlier. It's a lady named Tandy Wright. She's also an actress and tv uh star oh wow uh she's from australia if i'm not mistaken i'm sorry if i i got it wrong i i'm i tried to read the bio the other day um but that was so cool to have that here and the way that she equivalated is like the uh, the stunt coordinator Mm -hmm. you want somebody to be there if things go wrong they know what's going on yeah that's their field This is her field. She wants to make sure nobody gets hurt. Nothing is taken the wrong way. Everybody's here comfortable working with each other because the scenes in this movie, I mean, it's about making pornographic videos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool. So I do enjoy hearing about them making the movie and what went into it. But yeah, watching it and just kind of... it. It definitely, there are things that did hurt the movie for me. To where, I guess, like the kids say now, it was a bit mid for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I use that right? I, don't know. No, I was correct. <laughs> See, that's, good, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's the dad and me <laughs> 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 trying to appeal. <laughs> and I will say, to your point, you know, the intimacy coordinator, um, the makeup effects. Yeah. It seems like everything on the technical side and everything behind the scenes was fantastic. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of things that were done, a lot of choices that were made, a lot of ways that we're framing certain things. And that screenplay. Yeah. I've said a lot about that screenplay. A little, <laughs> little, little, on, little on the nose. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I I mean, I don't know. It's it's difficult for me. One thing that I did want to kind of touch on is having uh what I mentioned at the opening whenever we were talking about I said I mentioned Cronenberg. Right, right. How me and Jules were talking about Cronenberg recently and His idea as far as aging and everything, I feel like even with his films where the body is seen as a place of change and fear, anxiety, which is kind of brought up in this film a few times in a few different ways, Mm -hmm. he still finds a way to find the beauty in it all. And I feel like that's missing here. Right. Because I feel like they spend too much time trying to make you afraid of being old and too much time trying to make you think that when you're old, you lose everything. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. And I feel like that's the wrong way to look at it because when you're old, you have history, you have, there's a lot more to it than just what they're trying to do with this film and everything that they're trying to say. I feel like it gets lost with scenes like that. Okay. So that's all I was trying to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I get that for sure. I just think that I took it in a completely different, <laughs> I took it as like when Maxine had said, that she sees what happens when you kind of live your life dictated on what other people say that you should do or whatever. I think that Pearl is a result of that. I think that it's like a cautionary tale that no, just because you get older does not mean that you are not sexual, that you, you can't do what you want. You can't, you know what I mean? I, that's how I took it was that we, when we adhere to these like, Societal limitations and they become self imposed. Because even Pearl said that, that this is not what she wanted for herself. And so I feel like she settled into this life and kind of, like Maxine said. Accepted a life that she didn't deserve and it turned her into a monster. And I think that that is what is scary about Pearl. Howard, I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't really (laughs) really,
2: have any thoughts on Howard.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm going to save Howard for another day. (laughs) Uh, But I think that that is what is so scary about Pearl. And that is what is so frightening about coming face to face. As a character like Maxine, or really any of them, Maxine or Bobby Lynn or Jackson or Wayne, Lorraine is, you know, I wouldn't say as sure as they are, but somebody who has, you know, agency over their sexuality and is making it a making it work for them in a in a way that is achieving goals that they have to come face to face with if I lose sight of this and I settle and I let, you know, society or people who look at us sideways, like the fucking lady in the gas station. If I let them dictate what I'm doing, this is what I'm going to be. That is what is scary. I think
2: I know. Th- and I agree with that completely. I think that's fine as far as a character arc is concerned. Yeah. And I think you can do all of those things without also saying old people are gross.
1: No, I hear you. I, I just, I didn't walk away thinking that that's what was being said. And so I'm like, fuck, maybe it was. And I just missed it. And I was kind of like, you know, making it what I needed to hear. Uh. You know, I don't know. But I I don't know what the intention was. I don't know what it was. (laughs) But that's just not what I took from it. And so I feel like watching it the second time, I did understand more of the messaging that I took away from it. Um, And that's why I liked it a lot more. But yeah, again, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a an issue of right and wrong i think it's just how you know you receive it and i can see 1000 percent how you saw what you saw so i don't know i'm just through my lens yeah i didn't see it that way
0: but well they and and i didn't notice it and but you are right they do talk about young and old quite a bit yeah so i can understand as well i do see it as well
1: i mean i just i i I feel like it's a construct like even Jackson right. saying um, staying young until we die mm-hmm. like he didn't know he was going to die tonight <laughs> you know I think he's saying like staying young the mindset of mm-hmm. still enjoying life of still doing what you want to do and, and whatever and again that's the that's the real horror of this is that's what made Pearl what she is, is not adhering to that and not staying true to herself and kind of settling into this role that society has told older women that they need to be. Mm -hmm. And that's what is, that's what turned her into, you know what she is, but you know, whatever. I really like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I think that it would have been really easy for a film that is kind of, kind of a love letter to the seventies, horror and porn you know whatever um i feel like the women in this film could have been very flat Mm -hmm. i think that they could have been um blow-up dolls basically okay but i appreciate that they aren't i appreciate that they are um they own themselves. They have full autonomy. They have full agency. You know, I think that Wayne is pretty slimy, and he's trying to yeah. to, to push <laughs> things in the direction that he wants. But these women are fully informed, and yeah. they know what they're doing, and they want to do this, and they have their own goals, and they are using what they want to get what they want. And I I really appreciate that because a movie like this, and no offense to anyone, but written by a man. Could have really missed the mark on that, and I feel like I, I appreciate that aspect of it.
0: No, and I—that's why I'm saying I enjoy the first, I like I yeah. said, the first part of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. their whole dynamic and them as a group. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, let you know what I mean. Let me jump in the bus with y'all. That's fine, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Or the the plow van, whatever the fuck. <laughs> you got, got, But but yeah, I I feel like after a certain point, it just. We've got to get somewhere and let's get it done.
1: Yeah, I, f- I I, do agree that the ending is a bit rushed and that we set up these characters and even Lorraine having her own little character arc and then it's just for her to be locked in the cellar, yeah. her hand bashed and then blown away with the <laughs> oh, shot. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. Um, because that could have been really something interesting to explore mm-hmm. and even kind of a fallout between her and RJ moving forward with that because yeah. I felt like, you know... RJ was almost embodying like that Madonna whore thing, where it's like, no, you're a nice girl, so you can't like this, you can't want this, you you know. So that would have been interesting to explore as well, but RJ, RJ gets decapitated. Yeah. 10 <laughs> <and that happens. laughs> so you know, there is it does leave me wanting a little bit more in in the commentary that I have and whether I've superimposed it or not, the commentary that I received from it. I would have liked a little more room for that to breathe rather than it, you know, taking a hard left and then, Oh, whoop! Everybody's dead. You know?
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like that dynamic fits more in with what you're saying as far as Pearl than Maxine's what's going on with RJ. And uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot here that I, I really love because it's, it's a kind of, and it's funny that this film is about making, porn but the real taboo thing is these conversations about aging and sexuality and you know societal expectation of women or of sex workers or all of the above that is the taboo conversation that i'm excited to see being had i wish that we could have followed through on that a little bit more yeah but i guess we can kind of go into ratings i didn't expect to rant but is turning into a rant yeah. so let's just <laughs> go into ratings <laughs> Um, again, I really, really liked this a lot better this time around. I appreciate the difficult conversations that I think that this film is trying to have. And so I did give a little bit extra for that because I think that, you know, it is something that kind of a light needs to be shown on. Um, But again, I would have liked it to take a little bit of a step forward. I don't mind a kind of a, narrative change a plot change i don't know a from dust till dawn moment right i'll say that i don't mind that at all and i i don't even mind it in this i just you guys set up a lot of stuff that i would have liked to have seen like i said breathe a little bit more Mm -hmm. i want to have these conversations i don't want to start them and then watch everybody get killed (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's start them finish them and then watch everybody get killed you know what i mean um I think there were some really incredible shots in this. Um, I didn't expect you you hear this is a a film about you know, it's a it's a, basically a slasher about a group of people that came to a farm to make porn. Mm-hmm. You don't expect so many beautifully composed shots. I didn't. Um, all the performances I thought were really good. The script, you know, it had its little <laughs> issues. Um, <laughs> I will agree what you said about getting actual older actors to play Howard and Pearl. I feel like that would have been beneficial.
2: I think that's my issue. Um, when we talk about the commentary that's being attempted here, yeah, yeah. if we're talking about people of a certain age,
1: then we should utilize them. Exactly, I hear you. Don't
2: you know play dress up with a you know 20 whatever year old actress Mm -hmm. hire an actress of a certain age to play this part to forward the message you're trying to make yeah Yeah.
1: that's that's uh, an excellent point having said that mia goth did she really portrayed two different characters she did which is commendable and really amazing yeah um I mean, I don't, I don't, I kind of went on a whole thing there. I don't know what else to say <laughs> that I haven't already said, but uh, I really, really, really enjoyed Pearl. Um, I can't wait to rewatch that kind of after getting a fresh perspective on X. Um, but I already liked it better than I did X, so that'll be fun to revisit. And I know that we will hear one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for Maxine. I'm really, I'm like, don't fuck this up. I, re- <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see where we go from here. But um, all that being said, and I feel like my score may be a bit too generous. But again, I am appreciative that we are kind of talking about taboo subjects with this one. At least I feel as though we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a scale from one to ten, lively libidos. Oh, all right. I am going to give X an eight out of ten. <laughs> lively libidos there were some really big reactions in this room right <laughs> now <laughs> i ha- i was at a 7.5 right i really feel like there are this can be the catalyst for a lot of conversations that i feel like it's about time that they're had right and Again, I, this may all blow up in my face when if Maxine is terrible or whatever, but I'm really interested to see where this art goes. I feel like we were given some really compelling characters and a really unique and interesting story, even if it does kind of you know, go off the rails after a certain mm-hmm. point. But <laughs> I said it was generous. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> I will now open up the floor to you.
0: Yeah, I, I think we went off for a little while and kind of already said how we felt about it. I, I think I do agree. The performances are great. Um, the the shots, you know, a lot of this is good, but I, I do feel like there are those moments like you said, T, that do hurt other things in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it does feel really weird when the scenes flashing back and forth, and it's like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> that am, was are, weird. Yeah. Are, <laughs> am I going back? You forget to show me something? <laughs> are we moving on? Because uh, you know, like I don't like it. Um, the 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 kills being a little predictable. That that was didn't have that much of a sting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was no. Ooh, it was just like, oh okay. Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen, but all right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the and the characters the only person i'll really i'll be honest again that i was like cared well like really was uh jackson he got background you know what i mean howard got background too but i mean pearl got background but then other than that we got a little bit and then like you said about maxine she gives no reactions at all through yeah. this whole sermon through any of the movie mm-hmm. even a come on let's go or any anything we don't know that. And I, i I'm sorry. I don't like the ending of her being like, uh, what does she say? Praise the fucking Lord or what? You don't have to say that. (laughs) Stay, stay, sit in the moment. let Both. us sit in
2: what just happened. They already gave her the cool line of the secrets gonna, you know what yeah. mean? Yeah. And then she's like, also two more lines. <laughs> yeah.
3: I was like, yeah. what? We already did yeah. that.
2: We don't
0: need that tacked on. <laughs> Save a little cool for the rest of us next <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> Right? But it feels, for me, I want it to stay the feeling of the beginning because the beginning almost feels like comedy horror. You know what I mean? And then even at the end they play that
2: playful song. De- and what the fuck? The the sheriff's line at the end is hilarious. Yeah, because it's 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 meta. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I really
1: loved it.
0: I I and I'll I'm not cuz I know I don't give scream the prop that deserves for being meta. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie I was like I was on the line with that cuz it's <laughs> like I don't did you really have to say that? Mhm. Cuz how do you know that's what's on there?
3: You know what I mean. It could be anything. You <laughs> <He> guessed.
2: <laughs> it was an educated guess. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I will say that I, again. I I didn't mind it. I do like what's going on here. I enjoy what they did. Uh, the execution might not have worked very well for me, um, but everybody in it did a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fine. Uh, so for me. On a scale of one to ten, lively libidos. I'm gonna take an inch off, and I'm gonna give you seven. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> I I mean, so the 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 ratings, the ratings. We uh, you owe a point off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a point, yeah point, of point, point,
2: point, point. <laughs> you guys are gonna get such an email. <laughs> <laughs> I look there's there's a lot to enjoy with this film, as far as the technical side, yeah, and the performances as well i i I'm not gonna repeat myself, no, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think my thing is that there are conversations being attempted. Mm-hmm. I think that their conversations regarding the current state of the reverence of cinema is more successful, yeah mm-hmm. than any of the other ones. Because I feel like all of the other ones are abandoned.
1: They are. And I, I, yeah. that I will give you.
2: And I would like to go more in depth with them and have, I guess, <laughs> you know, a complete conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand what you're saying about Maxine. P- potentially. Yeah. We could go there. But for me, I feel like with all these films, it feels like there's a different era of film being evoked yeah okay and so i feel like they're saying different things with each film because pearl is its own thing completely yeah Yeah. and they have different conversations about different things but um i think my thing that kind of takes it down for me Mm -hmm. is when we're attempting something subversive and something uh with a lot to say and then about a little over halfway through we decide no we're just gonna do what everybody else has already done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that kind of it does. It just doesn't work for me. Right. And so, I mean, you know, granted, again, the thing with um, the tropes that I'm annoyed with the overuse of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, you're just doing what I expected. Yeah, yeah. because you started off with something I didn't expect. And then you're like, nah, we're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're just fucking around.
1: <laughs> they take a mask off and it's something different and they take a mask off and it's the same thing.
2: <laughs> it's like that line from it when he goes, it's the same man. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, oh, so it's, it's just Pennywise. No, it was me the whole time. God damn it. Um, so, I mean, you got to commend the ambition, but you also have to acknowledge the dropped ball. Right. Right. So for me, on a scale from one to 10 lively libidos, mm-hmm. I am going to give X 5.5 5 out of 10. Okay. okay. I just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to like it more and I wanted to engage more with these conversations they were attempting to have. Right.
3: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate X in which we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at Real Streeter84, and at Travis MWH. Thanks again to Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember it is important to resist those who wish to keep your light for themselves. You deserve to be the star of your own life. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan martinez kimberly bass sophie hodson anthony jerome m jordan nash kent morton lala thomas travis anisa hunter miguel myers atx jennifer perez allison o'neill carissa tj and angie bronson spooky mom applin on karima rhodes antonio huerta kimberly kleindienst will brown sydney smith osvaldo soto Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany Ramitar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau,
0: M, Gary Horton, Alicia Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rutter, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman-Wise, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, C.B., Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Cookie, Esperanza J., Jason Cow OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lasseter,
2: Natalie De Guzman, Eileen O, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Megan M, Strangely Sarah, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanovan, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, Cameron S., Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A., Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E., Maggie H., Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, Kevin McGonagall, Kristen Marcy, Ori81 Boriqua, Look Like That One Girl, Bogboy, Montez ShamWow, Felnez63, Alita Pui, Probably My Jugs, Kate Thackeray, Wade Peck, Charlie V, Elizard, Bryant Watson, Luke Ashley, Jay Rich, Jen Lassiter, Topher Williams, Alina Mettler, Neil Cheson, Valerie K, Kim Sterling, and Christy Lee Kruger. Hey! Yeah. Thank
1: you all. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. It's plain to see that you are all excellent. (laughs) That's pretty good. Pretty good. Mrs. Burns. (laughs) 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 Until next time.